You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. to Force Perspectives. I am your host, Michael Cohen, uh, and joining me, as always, the illustrious Joe Hogan. New year, new me, baby. How we doing? Yeah, uh, this is our first... This uh, Hey, this is the first Thunderquack podcast that I've recorded of 2024. I don't know mm. if anybody else has recorded anything. Okay. Maybe maybe there's a Wampus Lair out mm. there, which, uh, by the way, Wampus what? Lair, now officially part of the Thunderquack Podcast uh... Network, so go check them out. Yay! That that brings us to I uh, I presently uh, four official Star Wars podcasts on the Thunderquack Network. You've got, of course, this one, Force Perspectives, Rebel mm-hmm. Cells, which we mm-hmm. should be back with fairly soon. We still haven't gotten a trailer for season three of Bad Batch, but I uh, but fairly soon with with uh, season three of Bad Batch, the final season. Um, and then, and then, uh, obviously, as I've just mentioned, Wampa's Lair joining us now and, and Star Wars, the saga continues with, uh, with Tim, Kyle and Paul. So very nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously the, it, all of it, Thunderquack started with Star Wars. It started with Frontlines. I guess that technically makes it five. I always kind of think of Rebel Cells as just like Frontlines part two, <laughs> right? Like it's just, sure, really yeah. Although with Rebel Cells, I, I suppose we're now officially sort of in the third era of Rebel Cells uh, with, with the with the current host lineup, but uh, but yeah, it's because we kind of got front lines, and then we've got uh, and then we've got kind of that Rebels and Resistance era of of the of the Rebels podcast, which was Rebel Cell. Oh, sorry, it was the Rebels podcast for a little while, and then it was Rebel Cells okay. for a little while, and and now uh, and now we're we're in that Bad Batch era. Now the decline. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the best it's ever been. But Aww. I but yeah, I so I guess technically five. Technically five five shows. Jeez. But hey, remember when you were done with Star Wars podcasting? I do. I do remember when I was finished. <laughs> it was like was finished. that was a weird ten minutes. <laughs> you know, it, it made sense at the time. I I like that was sort of like I I you know, I had the whole plan. We were going to, Amanda and I were going to do that whole other podcast that was going to be a much bigger project and I wanted to devote all of my time to it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, but then, but then she bailed on me. Amanda. Jeez. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I don't know her. So I'm just, I'm just saying things. Yeah. Um, yeah. She bailed on me on that one. So I, so it was like, well, what am I going to do? I, uh, and, and honestly, I mean like most, of, most of what has come, is is out of two things a a and one uh i i i really enjoy podcasting with you joe hmm. so that's how this is like force perspectives transformed into just you and me oh shucks um i and then and then b i just like i wanted to keep it to like not griping about stuff 
which is really difficult with Star Wars. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but oh, I plan to. Don't worry. I'll do yeah. it for you. Um, but I, I, and that's where Perfect Ten came from, right? Is like, what's a podcast where all I have to talk about is things that are awesome and that I love? Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, that's how Perfect Ten came about. But I, yeah, I, next episode of Perfect Ten will be me and Carl, actually, from the Wampus Lair. Um, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what we're going to talk about. I think actually we might be talking about John Mayer, um, which oh, will be interesting. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the thing about perfect 10 is that it doesn't have to be a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. or even a video game. It can be literally like anything, right. That, uh, that, that the guest considers a perfect 10. So, um, so yeah, I think that we're going to talk about a specific John Mayer album that he wants to talk about. Okay. So. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll sing at me, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll 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 make him bring his guitar. Uh, I, ho- I hope he does his Nickelback impression. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a Star Wars, uh, or or the Star Wars, maybe all of the Star a Wars, bunch of them. I I but before we get into our main topic, which is going to be, we're gonna we're gonna rank all of the duels in the saga films, um. Which is actually, you know, like I, I distinguish that they're the saga films and then it occurs to me there aren't really any lightsaber fights in the non-saga films, being that the non-saga films are two movies, right? It's Rogue One and Solo. There's no lightsabers. Well, I guess there is a lightsaber in Rogue One at the very end, although I don't know. I don't really count that as part of the movie. It always feels weird to me. You get to the end, to the to the the hallway scene i'm like this doesn't this feels like a completely different film but that's fine um but that film feels like a completely different film about four times throughout it so um rogue one review coming later i know i but i uh, solo has has a lightsaber for all of two seconds and it's in a hologram so so those ones those ones don't count but we're going to get into all of the saga films all of the proper duels um although there might be a little bit of debate of debate on one of these and whether or not it is a proper lightsaber duel but before we do that i just really quickly want to address um the nonsense that's been going on uh, on on the internet lately um revolving around the ray movie right so I, for those of you who don't spend time on Twitter, uh, congratulations, you win. Um, <laughs> but uh, but for those of us who do, unfortunately, a lot of the Star Wars discourse, as as it is referred to, has been dominated lately by um, by the uh, it's not even by Star Wars fans. Like it's not even by people in the community, right? Um, but but more so by these um conservative pundit talking heads uh that want to just they're 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 up bright and early at the crack of dawn 2024 right at the beginning of the year getting started on the campaign against the uh the the new jedi order film gotta get Um, those clicks man yeah and i i the 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 i'm I'm sorry i'm just i need to bring up the um the director's name because i like i like know it but i don't know it know it it's 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 a it's a difficult name to pronounce um oh man is this even gonna be is this even gonna be uh on imdb (laughs) ray 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's Charmin. Yeah, Charmin Obaid Chinoy is the director, and she video surfaced, and I say surfaced. Video was dug up. Um, not that it needed to be dug up, but video was sort of pulled and completely removed from context recently um, of her talking. Uh, John Stewart is interviewing her. Um, which puts her in good company because John Stewart interviewed George Lucas at Star Wars Celebration <laughs> in uh, 2010, um, and I was in the room for that, and it was amazing. Oh, that's cool. Um, but uh, John Stewart was was interviewing her and and uh, and and a couple of other women, um, and I think that this this was this was sort of on the heels of a of a, a documentary that uh, they they um, she had directed. And I, I basically the quote, and I'll paraphrase it. I'm not going to pull it up exactly because it's nonsense. Um, nonsense in that, like, it has nothing to do with her Star Wars project. It has nothing right. to do with anything present. Um, but it's, but essentially, she was, she was in jest for sure, like, like in a humorous way, saying, stating that, like, she loves to make men uncomfortable. Right. And this was, again, in reference to a, a documentary that she had directed. Um, I think it's the one that she won an Academy Award for, I, I, uh, which was like a, a, a best documentary short. I like I, I need to like pull up the whole thing in order to 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 verify that. But but yeah, like like <laughs> a this this woman is is a very accomplished director uh, mm. a very very accomplished uh, uh filmmaker um just full stop like that's the end of that thought that's the end of that sentence um and 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 then be like like good i'm glad i'm glad that she wants to make men uncomfortable i think that we need to be made uncomfortable from time to time i want to be challenged by stories i want to be challenged by by film and uh, and and i've i've said for a long time amanda and i on thunderquack were were uh, very very uh fond of saying that that's that's the role of genre storytelling right is to ask questions and put us in positions to sort of think about things in in a new light and part of that is being uncomfortable mm-hmm. um and i and and my interpretation of of what uh uh was being said in that interview was was along those lines but in reference to a documentary obviously but of like like forcing you to sort of step outside of yourself step outside of your own perspective consider somebody else's life and that that is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of men um because of the way that our patriarchal society sort of um, I mean, like from my, my perspective, sort of babies, men, and, and lets us just sort of live in ignorant bliss. I, uh, if, if that's what we choose to, to, to experience. Right. But, um, I, I don't know it, uh, I, for one, am so excited for a movie that is like central focused around Ray, uh, written and directed by a woman w- uh, with that perspective um, because it is something that we do not have in Star Wars yet. So that's, that's the thing that, um, that these sort of uh, conservative talking point uh, facts memos are, are highlighting 
um, to go out to all the YouTubers so that all the YouTubers know what clickbait nonsense to gripe about for the next six months. Um, and that's all it is. Like this, it is, it is literally just like, 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 I don't know. Slow news week. <laughs> it's uh, I, yes, absolutely. Slow news week. Um, uh, but, but there it's like, um, not to get conspiracy theory nut job on it, but it feels often like, like these guys have meetings with one another. They have conversations <laughs> and they go, okay, so how are we going to do this? Like, what are we going to, what are we going to target? And, um, and somebody, somebody's assistant found this clip and then like sent it around to all of the usual suspects, the Ben Shapiro's and Matt Walsh's like these guys. Right. And like with the notes, like with the talking point notes of like, this is, this is how we're kicking off 2024. Like I feel, cause it's an old clip. Like, it's not like it just happened. Like this is an yeah. old clip from, like from eight years, years old ago or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it really does feel like a coordinated effort um, to, to create a talking point. And, and I mean like, Hey, it works because here we are, we're talking about it. Right. But, but I bring it up to sort of try and hopefully pull that curtain back a little bit for everybody, because I know that some of our listeners are, are, I know that all of our listeners are good people. We have done a very good job of making sure that the that the 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 bad actors are not welcome in this space. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you can call that gatekeeping if you want. I just call it like creating a, a, a community that I can be proud of. Um, but but I've I've made it very clear if if you don't like women in Star Wars, if you don't like people of color in Star Wars, if any of that sort of conversation um, ruffles your feathers, then then this isn't the podcast for you. Go go listen to Star Wars theory. Cry about Mark Hamill for 45 minutes like like that exists go over there yeah what a, they're, they're happy to have weird. you and we're we don't want you so but that's not who's listening to this podcast right. the people who are listening to this podcast are are honest good people um but every once in a while these i feel like these talking points can kind of get away from the obvious bad actors and start to show up in the mouths of some of the people that, that, um, that sort of ride the line. Um, and, and so just, I just want to take an opportunity to be like, listen, this isn't a real thing. Like they're reacting to a movie that has not even been filmed yet. Right. Like, like we haven't even started production on this. They are attributing a quote about a different, project entirely not even in the same uh medium really because like a star wars movie and a short form documentary not the same thing that's like that's like being like like, sorry go ahead go ahead isn't this documentary about like women in the middle east that have to deal with like honor killings and stuff like that like yeah 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 i i think it's okay to make the men who are oppressing them in the middle east feel a little uncomfortable exactly you know what i mean like, exactly it's and it yeah. shouldn't just be men in the middle east but you you know what i'm saying like the actual context which i'm not sure we got into the actual context makes that quote even more like oh yeah i can totally get behind that yeah um, yeah because when i when i had heard it 
of course, without the context, because that was the first thing, you know, my thought was, well, I can kind of see both sides where on the one thing you just kind of want to escape in, in art, like life is stressful enough. There's enough pressure. You just kind of like at the end of the day, you just want to like separate yourself from the stresses of, of, Mm -hmm. you know, difficult things that make you uncomfortable. But at the same time, if it's making you uncomfortable and you're rejecting it and you don't want to deal with it, that kind of tells me that maybe you're in a little bit of denial or something about it makes you feel yucky. There's a reason yeah. that it makes you feel yucky. And maybe you should think about why it makes you feel yucky. Um, but then I heard the context and I was even more like, oh, yeah, no, that, that makes even more sense to me now. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, and 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 it's it's my firm opinion that that is what something like Star Wars exists for is is to is to make like because it's it's a safer place than like than a documentary right like or than than something that's like a more of a dramatic um i i telling of a story right like um here's an example from a few years ago it's star wars related because it's got uh kylo ren in it um but the movie marriage story right with with uh, oh man Movie's with great. adam driver and scarlett johansson it's a phenomenal film it's so so good um laura dern's in it as well um and i i it um it definitely made me uncomfortable watching mm-hmm. it there's a lot in that movie that made me uncomfortable i mean like the 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 scene where he where they have their big fight in oh, in his apartment <laughs> and he punches the wall and he's like every day i wake up and i wish you were dead and like that anger and stuff is like that that definitely made me uncomfortable mm. because like that's very relatable like i think that i think that a lot of men have sort of experienced that sort of you know, those moments of, of rage where you're like out of control and you go like, because we're, we're given permission to act that way in society, which is ridiculous. Right. And that's the point of that movie is to like point us in that direction and go like, this is look at him, look at how out of control he is. He punches a hole in the wall. Um, this is like, he crosses a line. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it like, that's meant to make us feel uncomfortable. And, but that's very real. And that's very like one-to-one. Um, I, but, but then you flip over to Star Wars. I mean, like Kylo Ren, it like, like there's a reason why Adam Driver got cast to play that character in, in marriage story. Right. <laughs> um, and it's because like, he, he's very good at portraying that kind of rage, right. That kind of like uncontrolled anger. Um, it's a, that's a very Kylo Ren thing from like moment one with that character. Right. Like, like from the very beginning, like the (laughs) what girl. Right. And just like slashing up the console and Mm -hmm. just like all of that. But then that gives a like that's a little bit of distance. Right. Because there's some humor in that with like the the officer sort of like being like, oh, my God is kylo ren gonna kill me we're thinking right. that he's gonna and they're Darth bad Vader guys guy. so that makes yeah it like oh okay who cares if, if this guy gets stabbed but then also like the last jedi i think poe's entire storyline is very pointedly meant to um to make men uncomfortable with there's sort of uh, a systemic uh, uh baked in misogyny right like that's Admiral Holdo battle of whatever the Chiron belt, Admiral Holdo. And like, like Poe is sexist in those moments. Like he is straight up like, but that's a, but that's a pretty lady in a dress. 
Like I, that's not what I was expecting. I thought that Admiral Holdo was like a, was like a badass, right? Um, and the, and then his, like his entire arc in that in that film is is learning to deal with that like his problems with women and authority which like if you know anything about Poe's backstory and I don't count the bad novelization not I shouldn't say it's a bad novel it, it the novel that is built on a shaky foundation of the garbage treatment of Poe in the rise of Skywalker that he was a drug smuggler I, I I in his youth but if you go if you go to to any of the stuff that that um I I feature Shara Bay, his mother, any of those stories. Like, like she was a badass woman in, in a position of authority. And you can only imagine what she was like to have as a mom mm. <laughs> and why Poe might grow up with a bit of a chip on his shoulder about women with authority. <laughs> um, which I think is so funny. Cause I don't think that Ryan Johnson did that on purpose. Cause a lot of those stories didn't exist when he was writing the last Jedi, but it's just funny how that like all works out for his character. It's like baked into his origin story that like, yeah, he kind of grew up <laughs> with a lot of women um, with a lot of power. And, uh, and, and, uh, and then, and he has to like grapple with that. And it was something that like, for me again, like, like, made me very uncomfortable the first two or three times that I watched the last Jedi until I realized exactly what you're talking about is like, it was making me uncomfortable. And then I had to look at it and go, why is this making me uncomfortable? Mm. And it's because I grew up around women in authority and like, you know, my mom was, is, is a very strong woman that like doesn't take garbage from anybody. Um, and so it's like, like there's, I, and then I sort of had to like go back through my, through my history and go like, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Here are all of the conflicts that I've had with women that are exactly the same as what Poe goes through in, in the last Jedi. And I was like, huh, interesting. And it actually like, it, it, it was a big part of the work that I had to do to be a better person. Um, that's the point. That's what there's, that's what, that's, that's what stories are actually supposed to do is that we're supposed, that's what a hero's journey is supposed to be. Um, although I, 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 and, and, um, Ty and I really need to like, we've, we've, we've had, we've had brief conversations about this Ty from Witten Folly. Um, but I, I think that she and I need to like collaborate on this and really break it down. Poe. One of the reasons why people don't like Poe's story in the last Jedi is because it is not a hero's journey. Um, because the hero's journey is, is, is very masculine coded, but what he goes through is actually a heroine's journey and it's reconnecting with his feminine in order to become a leader, right. In order, because he's already a hero. Right. He's a hero before we even meet him in mm. in The Force Awakens. So that's where Ryan Johnson looks at that character and goes, there's only one logical place to take this is like if, you've, if he's already been on his hero's journey, he's already a hero. That's not what the rebellion needs. The rebellion needs leaders or the, the resistance needs leaders. And so he takes him on this other journey in order to, to connect with with his feminine um, in order to to be a better leader for the resistance in order to take up the role that Leia had was fulfilling. Right. Like, which is at the end of the movie, what are you looking at me for? Follow him. Right. Like it's right there. And then Chris Terrio completely ignores it. And then, and then Poe's like, 
why don't we both be general? And it's like, no, that's not, that's not how this was supposed to work. That's not, Oh my God. And I can only imagine how frustrated Oscar Isaac was with that. But um, I actually don't have to, he, if you go watch any of the press junkets from Tross, you can see how frustrated he was (laughs) Um, with that. And the fact that they would not let him kiss Finn. Like he just wanted to kiss John Boyega. (laughs) I don't blame him. uh, But yeah. Um, So anyways, all of that coming back in to say with this Ray movie, like, like I, I hope that they, what we get is a movie with some substance, with a message that challenges us a little bit um, along with all of the other things that we expect a star Wars movie to do, which is to have fun, to be full of humor, to, to, um, to be an escape, all of that stuff that, that you mentioned before, like that's what we wanted to do. But the reason why, star wars works and why we are here in the year 2024 um uh, decades after its release still talking about it still examining it i mean like even like we are going to discuss all nine films in the saga on this episode Um, and the reason why we can do that is because on top of being brilliant wonderful fantasy and escapism the the best star wars does have purpose it does have meaning and and a message um and deeper subtext to to dig into um and so yeah like i like like it 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 can actually be both things the original star wars was right it was total escapism it was total fantasy and adventure and it was also an allegory for the vietnam war and i uh, that that painted the americans as the bad guys so i uh, i uh, yeah i uh, it can be both things george excelled at it and i think the best star wars projects that we've gotten i uh, in the disney era have been from creatives that understand that part of it um and and like yes i'm including andor in that you know like like which which you guys know how i feel about andor but um it nails that part of it it nails the aspect of like it is it is an adventure it is it maybe fun isn't the right word but it's like pulse pounding and it uh, i it definitely takes you on a ride right but it also has incredible deeper meaning to it um throughout so you can't say that you don't want star wars with a message and then say that andor is the best star wars which like (laughs) like, it's a lot of these people who are saying like we don't want this this, these politics in our star wars are then turning around and going like andor is the best star wars and everything should be like andor and it's like andor is actually the most political it's like that is actually like in, in my criticisms of it, that is actually one of them is that it is it is very overtly political in a lot of ways. Um, and it is too reflective of modern society and too <laughs> reflective of the things that we are dealing with in terms of like uh, authoritarianism, uh, you know, police brutality, uh, lack of oversight, all like just the military industrial complex, all of this stuff. Right. Like um it's it's very heavy-handed with those things but anyways i i it's all a smoke screen this is all actually part of the lead up 
to it's an election year and that's and that's what this is all <laughs> actually a part of and so that's why i wanted to talk about it is to just like sort of bring that part of it to light of like it's okay to be in the discourse but when you are in the discourse be aware of why the discourse is happening so that you can talk to the actual issue which is not uh charmine obay chinoy as a director or her merits as a director. Um, I mean, she directed two episodes of Miss Marvel that are like the best episodes of the series. And Miss Marvel is from my money, the best Disney plus show that Marvel has put out yet. Oh, um, really? Cool. Yeah. I mean, like I love WandaVision and I love Loki, but I just feel like Miss Marvel, like, like, I don't know. It just, it just, it just, it just, for me, it, it, and this is personal, right? But for me, it just hit all the notes that I really, really want to get from, from the MCU um, and introduced a character that I absolutely love. Um, that's like one of my favorite characters in, in the, in the franchise. So, um, uh, and her episodes are, are phenomenal episodes. So, you know, but what this is, this is not going to go away. It's going to continue. Um, and I just want to, I just want to sort of like put it out there that, that, um, first off, you know, the, the first star Wars project, other than, like his first star Wars film directed by a woman. I think that that is something that we should be supporting. I think that is something that we should all be behind, uh, full stop, no matter what, just, just like on, on its surface, just, just that. Right. Um, the other aspect of this is that is that um, I, uh, Charmin is Pakistani Canadian, and I think that that is I mean like the Canadian part of it is something that I am very proud of, but the Pakistani mm-hmm. part I think is something that um, again like we should be supporting. We should be uh, we should be sort of like uh, uh, forming a perimeter around this project and keeping the bad faith actors away from it um uh, uh like at a distance and, and let just to let the 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 people at disney and lucasfilm know that like hey this is this is actually a good choice this is the right direction having diverse voices it's not about um you know i i i oh what's uh, affirmative action right what it's about is like let's be let's be super clear about something with Star Wars. It has kind of stagnated in the last couple of years, right? It's a lot of the same voices, it's a lot of the same types of people telling stories in this sandbox. New voices will expand the types of stories that we get which will make Star Wars better. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be the best Star Wars movie. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it will it will definitely open it up and give us some new perspectives that we have not considered before. Um, and that is a good thing for the longevity of Star Wars and for for there being more stories and not just rehashes of the same thing or remixes of of stuff that we already know which i think is a lot of what we've gotten um but i will point to one shining stellar example of this in star wars in recent years and that is star wars visions right um there is so much about star wars visions i mean like you can love and hate all sorts of things about it because it is all over the map in terms of what it it's it's bringing 
to to Star Wars storytelling. Um, but it has created some incredible moments and some great stuff that has then been like adopted into larger Star Wars, right? So I think that that's like that. It's just, that's that is art. I I don't know. Like that's that that's sort of my clothes on it. Is like that's art. That's the point. That's the purpose of it. And and we should be supporting, um, we should be supporting new voices and and new perspectives coming in and expanding the art form that is Star Wars into into exciting new areas. I I I think that's important. Um, do you have anything that you want to add before we jump into the duels? No, that's that's I agree. I look I just want new good Star Wars mm-hmm. and I think the more different perspectives we get, the better we're gonna eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, just make just make cool Star Wars, please. That that's your job, Lucasfilm. Yeah. Make cool Star Wars. And yeah. Like that's it, man. I have that to... analogy is perfect, right? That 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 the 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 better we're gonna eat, right? Like the like the more, the 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 more because it's flavors, right? Like, and yeah. that's the thing. Um, and and here's here is something that I will put out there. I I I've said for a long time. I live in a very metropolitan city, as do you. You know, we live mm. we we're, we're coastal elites. Um, but <laughs> I so we you and I have access to every type of cuisine. Oh, yeah. from anywhere awesome. in the world right <laughs> awesome um not everybody does and i recognize that, that that you know if if you if you live in the midwest you probably don't have access to the variety that they people like joe and i do but um two things on that that's that is why travel is so important like mm. like get out and travel prioritize it i know it's not easy for for a lot of folks but but I do think that that is something that like you will be a better person for it. Um, but I firmly believe that that a lot of people, a lot of Islamophobia, would disappear if you sat down and <laughs> had some shawarma. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> like <laughs> like oh my god! Like yeah. like. A Pakistani India and Indian food uh, like is like it is some of the best food on the planet. Um, and if you've never if you haven't experienced it and, th- and th- there's a, there are slight distinctions between the two, but um, I like but they're very similar. Um, sort of just like almost like re- regional differences almost right like of, of similar dishes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like I I. And then, and then, and then shawarma, I bring up shawarma. Shawarma is a thing where it's like, cause you can have, you can have Pakistani shawarma. You can have, uh, uh, Indian shawarma. You could have Lebanese shawarma or like more Mediterranean style shawarma. Like it, like if you've never been to like a falafel cart and had just literally pick anything just pick anything and and try it like uh, uh some 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 places you might you might hear it referred to as hero like which is spelt gyro g-y-r-o mm. um but i uh, uh, or shawarma or i uh, donair is another is another term for it and it's like it, it like it is shawarma like a like a donair like a like a wrap right is like it's one of the best things you'll ever eat in your entire life it's just like 
which which like i i find it so funny because at the end of avengers when he's like there's a shawarma yeah. place i don't know what it is but i want to try it and and then the end of the movie is them sitting in the in the shawarma yeah. place eating and it's just like like i i vancouver is just full uh like we have we have so many different types of of, of shawarma that you could like you could literally spend an entire weekend going to different places and not like experience the same like 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 similar but not the same thing and, and i just yeah i i think that if people just like experience that 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 a lot of the uh a lot of the islamophobia a lot of the the racism towards um uh people from the middle east i think would would start to dissipate um <laughs> because yeah yeah if you it, i food is is one of those things it 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 it's beyond language <laughs> you know what i mean like mm. it crosses it can cross that cultural boundary um and uh and and then open us up to new to new things and that way that's like that sort of thinking is the same sort of thinking that we bring to this stuff with star wars where it's like let somebody bring some new flavors in and you know what not everybody likes spicy but uh but but some of us have been craving a little bit of spice in star wars <laughs> you know um so i yeah yeah i don't know that that's that I, I guess that's where we'll leave it is i know i'm just hungry now i just want shawarma um yeah i don't know man now i just want indian food after thinking about it I'm yeah wood for the night I, I, and like, listen, listen, if you've had a butter chicken, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to throw any shade. Butter chicken is delicious, but like go have a proper tikka masala <laughs> and you will, and then you will go like, you know what? Butter chicken is like it. Butter chicken is to Indian food. What Taco Bell is to Mexican. Food. Yeah. That's, it's you know what I mean? Like, safe. like. Yeah, American like white people food. <laughs> Taco Bell is fantastic, but um, and you're like Tex Mex is fantastic. I love Tex Mex. I made Tex Mex the other night for Crystal for her birthday because that's what she wanted. So like, I made tacos and you know the white people taco night, um, uh, ground beef, <laughs> crunchy, yeah, uh, taco shell, and all that. Uh, and I made I I even made uh, uh, tater tots <laughs> with Aww. it. Um, Mexi fries, as they would be called, at a, at a taco time. I don't know if you guys have taco time. There, we we do but, not. I've okay. not heard of taco. Taco time. time is like the Canadian Taco Bell, but okay. I, I yeah, um, but yeah, I I but that, like you know, go to a real Mexican place, get some real, get some real. Not not this is even different from a real like an authentic Mexican place, but go get some street tacos. Oh my god, dude! Like change your life, change your <laughs> life. Some carnitas. You know, with some chicharron on there. Oh my god, get out of town, you guys, <laughs> dude! I'm starving. <laughs> You're killing me. I'm so hungry now. Sure the point being lunch. that if all you do is go to Burger King and McDonald's and eat hamburgers yeah. and French yeah. fries, like you are depriving yourself of a whole world of flavors that are incredible. And I love McDonald's, right? Burger King, not so much, but I love McDonald's, you know, give me some chicken nuggets. Give me a, a quarter pounder, like whatever, dude, dude like egg McMuffin. I yeah, don't care. Yeah. Egg oh, McMuffin. dude. Yeah. McDonald's breakfast. Delicious. Oh but like Half such rounds. Oh my yeah, God. Such white people food. Right. Like, <laughs> like, but like also, also there are these other things go out and try them. Um, yeah. I awesome. Okay. I think we've made our point and we've made ourselves <laughs> super hungry. <laughs> 
we interrupt this uh, regularly scheduled episode of Force Perspectives for breaking news. This dropped while we were recording this ridiculous, uh, well, what was a two hour and 45 minute episode <laughs> of the podcast, which is probably now a firm three hours. I, I, and at the point that you're listening to it, because um, this news dropped while we were in the middle of recording. So we had to come back and, and talk about this because otherwise we can't talk about it for another four weeks. Um, uh, this is ridiculous. I, uh, so they, Lucasfilm and Star Wars just announced this morning that uh, I'll just, I'm just going to read the article. That's how I'm going to do it. Uh, the Mandalorian and Grogu journeys to the big screen. That's a weird sentence <laughs> because the Mandalorian and Grogu is, I guess, the title right now of what will be a movie. Uh, the Mandalorian and Grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theaters directed by John Favreau and produced by Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni. The Mandalorian and Grogu will go into production in 2024. I have loved telling stories set in the rich world that George Lucas created, said Favreau. The prospect of bringing the Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big screen is extremely exciting, he said specifically for this snippet. Um, the, sorry, that was me. That's not in the actual <laughs> article. <laughs> I, in another very tailored and canned resp- uh, I, 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 <laughs> piece of snippet soundbite, Kathleen Kennedy says, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have ushered into Star Wars two new and beloved characters on lunchboxes everywhere. And this new story is a perfect fit for the big screen, added Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm. Obviously, I'm doing a little bit of editorializing as I read this. Um, The Mandalorian and Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing feature development slate, including films helmed by Charmaine Obaid-Chinoy, who we have talked about on this episode, James Mangold, and Dave Filoni who is also currently developing Ahsoka season two among those in the works. This, yeah, this is the way just drop that that in there. there. Just drop that in there. So that is both an official announcement of what I think a lot of us were suspecting, uh, which is that um, the next time we see Mando and Grogu was going to be in a feature. I think there, there was, there's, there's been a lot of sort of back and forth online about that concept. Um, so that's exciting. I mean, like Favreau directing it, I think that that's great. I think that this actually has the opportunity to be better than any of the seasons of The Mandalorian because Favreau makes really, really great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so being like a self-contained two-ish hour story with these characters, I think I think will be really great. Um, very interesting. Very interesting because so- it feels like a little bit of a button on it. So it feels like a little bit of the of an end of these guys' story, but... Go ahead. I mean, really, the the question I have is yeah. at what was it? Celebration Europe. They announced three new films, right? One was the Ray movie. One was that like prequel Dawn of the Jedi one. Yeah. And then the the third one was what sounded to me to be Filoni's movie, right? It was yeah. like the the Avengers type, everybody comes together kind of movie. That's what we thought. Yeah, yeah. Is that this? Is no. this replacing that? Is this This is know... season four of Mando. Okay, so this will be probably yeah. before we get that then. Yeah. Most oh, likely. we're gonna be watching this in the theater mm-hmm. next year. Next year. Wow. Yeah. Abrupt. This is a fast track. This is a fast yeah, track. This abrupt. is this is this is Disney and Lucasfilm recognizing that they don't have 
any Star Wars movies ready to go and that this Ray thing is taking longer than they thought and it's going to be worth it, but it's probably not going to make it for Christmas 2025. Hmm. That's that I I guarantee you based on the language of this, the whole like the Mandalorian and Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing feature development slate, including blah, blah, blah. I hope that this doesn't mean that they are that they are revisiting what has already been established for the Ray film based on everything that we've talked about in this episode. Mm. Um, all of this, this nonsense with, with these, uh, the, the, the conservative talking points about star Wars, not being for girls. Um, but yeah, I hope that this isn't reactionary. I hope it's not, but it feels very much like it is like, this is like, let's get something in the theater that we can count on that we know that's like a, that's like a known quantity that's guaranteed. That's going to make people happy. I think that they underestimate how obnoxious star Wars fans are. Um, and they <laughs> definitely like now, they should know. They definitely underestimate how, how, how bad the, the, the online discourse stuff has gotten. They will find a way to make this about like, like it's as we talk about with the Ray movie, like, it's not actually about the Ray movie. It's not actually about Charmaine Obaid Chinoy. It is about the fact that it's an election year and they just need to polarize people. They just, they just need people to fight um, so that the gulf becomes wider. And, and yeah. So when it turns out that there's a character in this movie that is a droid, that's non-binary, <laughs> right <laughs> then everybody's gonna then it's gonna all oh, star wars is woke right like they'll find anything they'll be like they'll be like oh how come they they chose not to bring back this character luke skywalker's not in it and that means that they don't like men right if it doesn't matter what they do they'll find a way to make this controversial which is one of the frustrating things about the way that disney and lucasfilm react to this stuff um, but I bet you anything that this means that the Ray movie is being pushed. Production will be late 2024 as opposed to what we were hearing, which was April. That was the expectation. Okay. This is going, this, this is being shot in place of season four of the Mandalorian. And I, I hope that what it is, is that it just came out like that. It was just the way that it worked out. Right. Yeah. Like that. This just made sense of like, well, we don't really have enough story left with these characters for a full season. If we do that, it's going to, we're going to end up having to like, you know, pad this and this and this out. Yeah. Um, it might be that they're like, well, we want to do this and this with this story going forward, the overall story. Right. But we need to get Din and Grogu to a certain place before that can happen. Um, sure. Yeah. So let's make a movie and, you know, and then, and then I'm sure the conversation was, is this just on Disney plus, or is this going to be in the theaters? And I think that it just became a thing of like, we need to put a star Wars movie in theaters for Christmas yeah. next year. Like we're, we are leaving money on the table by not having star Wars movies in the theater. Um, as Wonka cleans up, right. <laughs> Godzilla minus one destroys the box office. And it's like, well, Godzilla minus one would not have, been as successful as it was if there were a star wars movie in the theater mm -hmm. to compete with it right like and i hate to say that i'm so ecstatic 
about Godzilla and, and the success that it had. But, um, but that is a result of the fact that there was nothing in theaters this winter to compete with it. Right. Like, like it, like that is very much a perfect storm scenario for Godzilla. Um, to be the biggest movie of December. <laughs> like, like who, like, I don't even think, I don't even think that's true. I think that Wonka definitely made more money than, than Godzilla. Right. But I think that Disney is probably looking at that and going like, we are screwing ourselves mm. um, by not having a star Wars movie in the theater. So just put anything, anything big screen worthy. And I think then John Favreau was like, I can do that. That's easy. So that's my read on it. Yeah, no, I mean, hard to say, but uh, probably yeah. a good assessment. Um, what about this this concept art? Do you think there's anything of value in it, or is it just like, ah, we can just we gotta toss them something, we gotta include something in the press release? So here, yeah, have, have I, this little cool shot. I don't think it's anything. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's something, but I it's just concept art, right? Is this something that's actually in the movie? I don't know. Is this, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Is this? Can know. you make out what kind kind of ship is this? Is this one of like the pirate ships or something like that? Or I think it's the pirate ship. Okay. I think it is because the markings on the episode, on yeah. the nose of it look like the pirate ship. Okay. Um, let me bring up the Mando season three pirate. That's not how you spell pirate. <laughs> pirate ship. Uh, 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 I think that's almost definitely. Oh no, no, oh. maybe not. No, oh. Oh. maybe something else. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. We got a couple other things this year that like we'll see how they play out. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Okay. How they, I mean, whatever. How they... Could just be new thing. New thing. Din and Grogu are gonna show up in Skeleton Crew. You think? So? I think I already said that, right? I said that in our like. 2024 Maybe, yeah. look ahead yeah that i expect that Possible. to be the case because it, it is like it does tie together with everything yeah. else right with the pirates yeah yeah this does this ship does look familiar to me though. yeah like it's it's the wing and the cannon in the back are throwing me off yeah i feel like i've seen it in one of these shows is that a cannon in the back or is that the bridge i don't know i can't tell it's hard yeah, to it tell like it's hard to make out what this is i don't know what the hell but anyways I uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think the bigger thing on this is Ahsoka season two. Yeah, like, that's full of, like, like them just sort of like shadow dropping that one in there, um, and not giving it its own announcement. But that's fine. That's fine. I mean, we all knew, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. they how how could they not with the way season one ended? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't. Know. I we'll, we'll just we'll just have to kind of keep our 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 eyes peeled on this one. And see where it goes, but it. So this isn't surprising to me. So Dave is producing this movie, developing yeah. Ahsoka season two, and directing his own movie. Yeah, busy man. I think his movie is the thing that'll bring everything together, right? His yeah, movie Avengers, is going to be yeah. like the heir to the empire, I yeah. I uh, uh, Thrawn thing, and I think that this has nothing to do, not nothing to do with, mm-hmm. but. Um, well, like you said, it'll set up Din and Grogu for whatever. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get season four before we get that movie. Who knows? But yeah, I, I, I think season four now? I oh. think this is the end of the Mandalorian. 
Okay. Right? I don't think it's the end of the characters. Sure, I think that Din like, and Grogu will be able to show up yeah. on other things. Sure. But I think in terms of like a story centrally focused around the two of them, mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be meant to be like a button on the end of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait for that Filoni movie, man. Because like, you know, there's going to be that moment where all the Avengers assemble and I'm going to be freaking out and that happens i'm so excited for yeah it. well i mean like man i was thinking about it the other day and it's just like where's Cobb? where is he What's oh he up to? man is he all right is he yeah. safe is he, is he right? safe i uh, yeah and boba and fennec and kersantan and all of that right Ahsoka, I mean, like, ezra sabine like hera yeah imagine imagine getting everybody to get Luke and Leia will probably show up. Like, yeah, this maybe. is the moment to have everybody. Oh, you just man. have to. You just have to ask the question of whether or not they're gonna CG AI them or just bring Sebastian. Just, just cast someone as these characters. Just let somebody else play the characters. Well, I think because um, it's the movie, they might just do it. Like, they might just do the CGI because it's like the movie. But maybe. Hopefully, moving forward, if Luke shows up as a regular, they'll just. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I feel like for movies, they always go a little bit bigger. I mean, maybe I'm just basing that off of like Clone Wars, but like I think about the Clone Wars movie where they spent the money and they got, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and Christopher Lee to do the voices in Clone Wars, even though they weren't doing the Clone Wars voices in the show. Yeah. Um, or like. You know, Siege of Mandalore, Clone Wars, it's a little bit more special, so let's get, you know, was it, is that what it was? I'm trying to think of, it was Ian McDermott did the voice, I think it was Siege of Mandalore, Ian McDermott did the voice in the last few episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah, um, I, think that, for, I think that might have, I think that might have just been necessary, <laughs> yeah, right? they got it for the end of Rebels, too, yeah. Yeah. Because first we had Ian Abercrombie, and then he passed away, and then we brought in Tim Curry, and then Tim Curry's had a lot, and he's still thankfully with us, but not in great health, um, and not able to to perform, so uh, yeah, I... I think it I think it became a thing of necessity, yeah, other than getting Sam Whitworth to do it. (laughs) But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's, it's not a lot of information at the moment. This is just kind of a non-announcement. Um, I think this is just cool, them knowing that, that there's this other stuff going on in the news cycle right now. Mm. And they wanted to, they want to control things a little bit. So I hope this movie comes out. I feel it will because Rogue Squadron, uh, who knows what's going on with, uh, what's his name? Ty- Taika? Yeah. Oh, Taika's movie's not happening. It's not gonna happen. Uh, you know, Ryan's trilogy, D and D's trilogy. Well, they we know know that they're out, right? No, I know. Well, that's but but that's what I'm saying. Like they announced the movie, and then that's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's gone before. I think I think this one this one is a for sure thing because it's like it's in the bag, right? Like if they're starting it this year, it's pretty safe. Yeah, I I think this was just get them getting out ahead of um production actually starting like i think that this sure. will probably be like a march april production start which means that like people are booked which means that like people will know that like oh you know what it's, here's the big thing pedro pascal actually show up for this one 
Will he actually? Will we actually see his face again? We better. Mm. I think we will if it's a movie. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on. I care less about the fact that it's a theatrical release. I care more about the budget. Yeah, Are you guys sure. funding this like an actual theatrical release, or is this yeah. a Clone Wars 2008 situation? Right. Of like. This was made made for TV, but you guys are just gonna put it out in the theater. I mean, um, I'll I'll be honest, man. A lot of these episodes that we get on these shows feel like they belong in a theater. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I'm not too worried about that. The qual the quality is not an issue for me, mm-hmm. but the budget is the question, right? Because a a bigger budget allows you to do certain things. Sure. Um. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm just curious about that of like, and that's like the biggest part of that is, is can you afford to tie Pedro Pascal up for three months? Right. Because he is one of the most in-demand actors on the planet right now. Mm. So, and that's why he's not in season three, right? That's why it's just his voice because you can get him for a weekend, but you can't get him for three months. So uh, that's it. That's the quick, question. Quick question. In production, does that mean writing is starting or are they actually like stuff? No, in, in production means filming. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be sometime this year. But what is it, writing uh, pre production? Yeah, writing is part of pre production. Okay. I mean, writing is writing. Writing can happen before pre pro, right? Like, cause, cause, oh, can it? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the technical terms are. Well, because you can write a movie before a movie's even been greenlit right like so so writing writing can happen can start before anything else has even happened but star wars is funny in that way it's not normal right like star wars avatar marvel like um these things that are bigger than the industry themselves i they don't tend to fit into those molds necessarily because like Mm. we know that the force awakens you crack open that concept art book and there's stuff in there that was like michael Arndt hadn't even decided anything the only thing they knew was uh we're gonna have a female protagonist <laughs> right and so like he's just like like or not he i uh, others are just like this would be cool and the concept artist wrote half that movie before the movie <laughs> was written right because they just like came up with cool stuff and then jj abrams came in looked at stuff and went well we're definitely doing that we're definitely doing that um and then lawrence Kasdan put together a story based on a bunch of that stuff like the jedi killer stuff and whatever mm. right like yeah so <clears throat> star wars doesn't necessarily fit the the standard sure. production timeline but also like you're what you're doing is you're shifting a television production schedule that's not even a regular television production schedule because it is Star Wars. It's Mando, right? So it's like they're kind of just doing what they want to do, um, how they want to do it. And I think that's kind of been the success of it. I think that it's been a bit of a hybrid. So I think it's just sort of shifting it back a little bit more towards a feature production. Um, but hopefully it just means that like it's take a little bit more time with certain things. But but I think I think that this is a fast track move, like I said, right? So this is this is well, we already have everything we need, right? Like we all like like we don't have to go out and cast a bunch of people. We don't have to. Um, there's not a bunch of sets to build, right? Like we're, we'll we'll use the same techniques that we've done. But I don't know, like like I said, it budget is the big question here. If they have a feature film budget. And they're shooting a two to two and a half hour movie out of Mando, right? Like, 
maybe we can actually get some location shooting. Maybe we can actually get like a set built. Of, yeah, I was wondering if this was going to be the volume where, yeah, where like actual, you know, set pieces. But but if it's meant to be a fast track, then they might just be going like John. Yeah, can you shoot a movie on the volume? Yeah, right. Like, can we get something out for Christmas twenty twenty five? That's I think. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'd like to have something for Christmas this year, but I don't think that's doable. Here's a quick question. I mean, I say quick question, but who knows? Um, Do you think this will be a standalone movie or do you think this will be this will tie up some plot stuff? Like, for example, do you think we're going to get Gideon or do you think we're going to have some new bad guy threats, whatever that, oh, we can take this out in this movie just so anyone who hasn't watched The Mandalorian can just go into the theater and just watch this little adventure and not be confused? Well, where are we at at the end of season three, right? The end of season three, we had a big fight with Gideon on Mandalore and we destroyed the Imperial base, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So theoretically, the Mandalorians are all now re- going to return to Mandalore, right? That kind of is that kind of where we felt like we were left off. Is that like yeah, because they were in the the hall, right? The yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, underneath, right? Yeah, and and yeah, she so was yeah. sort of like ma- officially made the the leader and all of that stuff. But right? also shortly before that just a few episodes before that grief basically said oh you guys are here now this is new mandalore yeah. if you want it yeah so i don't know i don't i don't know where all that left off but grogu and din are they have their own place and yeah. they're their little you know, homestead yeah so they're, they're freelancers now contractors for the for i for the, for the think we will see i don't I think that we will see a time jump. I don't think okay. that this will be immediate. I think that yeah. I think that I think that a few years will have passed, um, which is why I like that ending of, of season three. I was like that, that. That's what this is. This is Grogu needs to grow up now, right? Like okay. he he can't be he can't be a mute puppet forever. He needs to be a real character now. So I think that what we'll see when we come back. I don't think this concept art. Now that we're talking about, it, I don't think this concept art has anything to do with anything. Cause I think that the big thing will be it. This isn't the Mandalorian, the movie, this is the Mandalorian and Grogu. Yeah. Yeah. Grogu's in the title. So it's this, this has to be the glow up. This has to be, it has to be. And it's time, right? Like we need him with his little, I, you know, everybody draws him the same way when they do the concept art, he's got like spindly legs and, (laughs) and like a Mohawk sort of like, like faux Hawk sort of hairdo. Like, like we got to get it. We got to get teenage Grogu. I like, I, I think that that's the right way to go with this. And I think like you introduce him in the movie and that way you can have like, whatever's going, you give yourself room for Ahsoka, right? Ahsoka is in another season is another two seasons. I don't know. Right. But you give yourself some room because Ahsoka is not going to come out until 2025 at the soonest. Yeah. Right. So we'll get, we'll get Acolyte. We'll get skeleton crew. Now I'm talking myself out of it. I don't think we will see Din and Grogu and Skeleton Crew. We need time away from them mm. if this is what they're going to do, right? Um, well, we're going to see somebody. We'll see somebody. Them. Maybe we'll see the Mandalorians. Maybe we'll see Bo. Or maybe we'll see Boba. We'll see Chrysanthemum. Let's see Chrysanthemum. 
<laughs> I want to see Bob Wilkerson. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. Unexpected, yeah. but cool. Fennec is almost like that's the easiest one. I think you could just have mm. Fennec show up because you can just get Ming in there and she'll just crush like she always does. But I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think you got to give yourself a couple of years to let Ahsoka play out um, some of the stuff that's going to happen because the Imperial Remnant has to sort of like build its strength and Thrawn has to like put his plan into action. We have to see that. I don't think, because you can't just have Thrawn come back and then go right into the big movie. I think that Thrawn has to do a few things and cause some, some trouble. Yeah. And we have to see the new Republic ignore it some more. Like we need to see them really like screw the pooch on it in order for it to, in order for us to have what we're talking about. Right. Cause this is all we're talking about building towards Dave's Avengers. There are more of us moment. Right. Because what it has to be is it has to be Din and Grogu, Boba and the, like the most icily, most Espa crew. Right. Um, the skeleton crew who are already a crew they they'll factor into this somehow. And then Ahsoka and, and the ghost, right. Um, like all of that's everybody that's going to come together. I really don't think that Luke and Leia will have anything to do. I think they will. Honestly, I think if ever there was ever an event to bring them in, like this is it. Maybe even Han, honestly, then, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I if know you're, what you're gonna say. You want if Alden. You, if you're gonna bring Han into it and it's gonna be young, you gotta bring in Alden. Yeah. It has I'm, to I'm be. down. I'm cool with it. And if you do that, like here's the thing. If you do that, two things can happen there. You bring Alden in, you can bring Kira back. Mm. Which would be rad. If Kira shows up like at the end of uh skeleton crew or something, right? Like all this pirate stuff, and then it's like Crimson Dawn, like like she's still leading Crimson Dawn and and whatever. Because as of right now in the continuity, she's just out there somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some stuff between Empire and Jedi that intersects, but I don't think that there's any finality on her story. So bring her back, bring Alden in, and bring Donald and then, Glover. Let's go. And Donald Glover and 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 recast Luke and Leia with new actors because if yeah, we've got Alden and and Donald in there right as different versions of those characters then now logically we have to have a we have to yeah. have Sebastian Stan as Luke yeah and do it. I don't know who I don't know who we get in there Billy Bobby Brown everybody wants I don't probably know, too she, young but she's still too young but um Age yeah drop. that's fine you got you got you got to get somebody in there as Leia right um Get Chewie in there. Let's let's go. Like, come yeah. on. Well, Chewie's amazing. Easy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, no, and then I you... really want this. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna get this. And then you we're end not that, gonna go that hard. You end think. that movie. I do you end that Luke movie Luke. with some New Republic stuff, right? It's like if if you've got it, listen in this world, you've got Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie alongside Hera, Ezra. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Rex. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And Ahsoka and Rex. You got all these characters on screen together. And oh then, like, God. the and then the very end of the movie is just, like, they're all, like, they're, like, we did it. We stopped Thrawn once and for all. He's dead. Like, we saw him die. Like, he's dead, dead. He's definitely for sure dead. Can't believe he brought back a clone Jedi, and then I had to fight him. He cloned me. And Mary Jade's <laughs> standing there, and you're, like, where'd this character come from? 
and then the door like they're all standing it's like uh it's like home one sort of thing like it's like yeah. one of those types of rooms or whatever they're all standing around like we did it we saved the day there's some ewok music playing or whatever and then like the the door opens and 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 little little ben solo comes running he's like hey <laughs> you did it dad <laughs> right and, oh and jumps into alden's arms I'm and we're just ready. like that's star wars man that would be such a happy ending star wars of like 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 oh so there was a trilogy in between (laughs) there something did happen we're not gonna get this and i want it so bad now we're not gonna get this i'll just go write the fanfic i guess um yeah yeah and then and then it's like that's like it's like like the Ewok celebration music is playing and everybody's staring down the barrel of the camera. We're like, wow, what a great ending. And then it like fades to black and then it like, it fades up and it, it fades up on, um, on, uh, uh, mirror, mirror, Dathan and little Ray. And it's like the, the, like them leaving her. <laughs> it's like, that's where we're at. I don't know if that works for the timeline. Where would that be? When is No, that? I think we're, I think we'd still be, Remember that I've put a time jump in here for Mando and Grogu. True, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I don't know. Well, how old is little baby Ben? So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's born, he's like... a little older, right? He's, he's born, older. like, almost immediately after Return of the Jedi. So, he's, like... He's a little kid. So, he's, like, 30. At this then. point in the story. I think he's, like, 10 years older than Ray, then. Because he's yeah. in the 30 years <laughs> after. Something like that. Anyways... Star Wars. So Mandalorian movie. Mandalorian, Mandalorian and Grogu. Movie. Cool. Alright. Yeah. Get I'm your down. hopes up. I'm down. Oh yeah. Um, now I am at a fever pitch for this Filoni movie. Yeah. Hype, everybody, but... everybody get really excited so that we can all be really disappointed. There you go. Cool. This is the way. <laughs> now back to your regularly scheduled force yeah. perspectives. Enjoy our lightsaber rankings. <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's jump into our let's jump into our official force perspectives 2024 oh, lightsaber man. duel rankings. I'm going to run down the list really quick just so okay. that everybody has the full list. We have 21 duels on this. Um, most of them, I think, are going to be pretty straightforward. One of them is slightly controversial. And I'll, we'll get to that. And and we're not including any TV duels. Right. This is just the film. This is just movies. Okay. So the, and, and it is just the nine saga films okay. episodes one to nine. Uh, so starting, I'm the, I'm going to go in chronological order. I, 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 from episode one to episode nine. So we've got episode one, Qui-Gon versus Maul on Tatooine. We've got episode one, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Maul on Naboo. In episode two, we've got Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Dooku. And then we have Yoda versus Dooku, both on Geonosis. In episode three, we have Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Dooku on the invisible hand. Uh, and then we have Obi-Wan versus Grievous on Utapau, Yoda versus Palpatine on Coruscant, and Obi-Wan versus Anakin on Mustafar. Um, jumping into the original trilogy, we have uh, in Episode 4, Obi-Wan versus Vader on the Death Star. There are not that many lightsaber duels in the original trilogy. <laughs> Blink and you'll miss them. Episode 5, Luke versus Vader on Bespin. Episode 6, Luke versus Vader on the second Death Star. Uh, and then we get into the sequel trilogy, this is the one that I think might be a little bit controversial for people, but I do consider this a lightsaber duel. Um, even though one of the one of the weapons here is not actually technically a lightsaber. Finn versus FN2199 on Takodana, uh, the, the traitor duel. Um, 
Finn versus Kylo on Starkiller Base. And I've actually I've broken these out. I've 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 distinguished these two because I think that they are okay. two separate duels, right? Um and then Ray versus Kylo on Starkiller Base. Uh and then when we get into uh episode eight, uh we get into to The Last Jedi, we've got Ray versus Luke on Octo. Again, only one lightsaber involved, but a duel. Uh Ray and Kylo versus the Praetorians on the Supremacy. I uh, at Luke versus Kylo on crate. I, uh, which uh, see, this is what, man, we get, it's weird territory. It's weird territory when we're in the sequels. I love it. Um, and then we get into episode nine where we just really have Ray and Kylo fight a whole bunch. I uh, Ray versus Kylo on Kajimi slash. Uh, I don't remember the name of his ship. I didn't look it up, but I, uh, they're kind of, they're in both places, but it's, uh, it's Kajimi is the location. Uh, and then we have Ray versus Kylo on Kefbeer, um, uh, the, in the the ruins of the second Death Star. Then we have Ben versus the Knights of Ren on Exegol, and then we have the Dyad versus Palpatine on Exegol. So th- those are our twenty one. I the I I don't I don't really know how to tackle this. I I why are we doing just, this? this yeah, like, other than as just sort of, I was like, I like most of these. Yeah, oh no, they're <laughs> all fantastic, right? So, what, what, just to pull back the curtain, we've got uh, 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 we're using a, an app called Trello where you can put cards in a list, and so we've got all the cards. And so, what I'm going to do is I've got all of them in the in in one car in one list and sort of in one column, and we'll sort of pull them over. I think. Uh, as we go through here um do they pull like because i'm i'm looking at it too if you pull it will i see it yeah yeah it should it should update it should update immediately um okay i'm just gonna title that ranking there you should see the new the new Mm -hmm. column now um okay so let's let's literally just start pulling them in so i'm gonna put obviously in the number one spot because we're just starting is gonna be qui-gon versus maul but let's bring over duel of the fates Duel of the Fates beats out the Qui-Gon versus Maul fight. Yeah, that's right? pretty safe. Okay. <laughs> um also by the way, there one of the reasons why we're why we're talking about this is because there was a tweet last week um uh, somebody you know posting yet another YouTuber I uh, I uh, just a couple of guys in a parking lot swinging lightsabers around very <laughs> very proficiently, very cool. And then the tweet was like, why can't the lightsaber duels in the sequels be like this? Like the sequel lightsaber duels look so crap compared to these, these guys on YouTube. And it's like, well, because the guys on YouTube aren't telling a story with their lightsaber fight. They aren't, there's, there's, there are no rules to what they're doing. They are just spinning around toys at each other in the dark. So Um, speaking of let's, why don't we kind of declare what it is we're basing the criteria to rank okay. these things so like yeah, context and choreography and and all that stuff like yeah so i think i think choreography is definitely a part of it right mm-hmm. i mean there are there are better choreographed fights and there are worse choreographed fights but i think i think emotional content is a mm-hmm. big part of a lightsaber duel i think it in fact is the biggest part um i i do think i i think characterization is a really big part of it. So let me explain what that means. Um, different 
characters fight with different styles and those different styles reveal things about their character Mm -hmm. both in a broad sense but also specifically where they're at in that point in the story right so ray fighting in the force awakens is very different from ray fighting in the last jedi which is very different from her fighting in the rise of skywalker right her style changes in each of those movies. Anakin is another really great example of this where Anakin's style in attack of the clones is very different from his style in revenge of the Sith. Um, And, and where he's at in both of those stories says a lot about, you know, the evolution of his character and, and, Mm -hmm. and where he's at in his journey. So that characterization to me is a very big part of it. Um, and that's something that really only came about in the prequels. Um, it's not really in the original trilogy because we, we, we actually only see two people, three people technically, I guess, cause we see Obi-Wan for a little bit wielding lightsabers. So we really don't get that much of it, but, but we do get a little bit, we'll get into that. But, um, and then, and then, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think like story impact is, is another big part of it. It's like some of the fights are gonna be lower ranked because they just like really don't do anything they're they really don't serve a purpose right they just kind of happen um and and i think when we get into episode three we might have i might have something to say about one of the one of the duels um <laughs> in regards to that but uh yeah does that make sense is that yeah, is yeah. that 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 jives with you yeah for sure yeah so i mean like listen Duel of the Fates, uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Maul on Naboo, I think is going to end up ranked in the top five, at least, mm. right? If not in, like, the top three. It is it is kind of the benchmark. That benchmark yeah. doesn't mean yeah. that it's that it's the best. Benchmark means it's sort of the one by which I think all others are compared, mm. right? It's sort of like you're either above or below that um, to begin with. Uh, sure. I, like I, yeah. uh, So I sort of it's great that it's episode one. And that's one of the reasons why we're starting there as opposed to starting in release order. Right. Um, Because it, I think it allows us to establish sort of like duel of the fates is really what we're going to compare everything else to. um, Because that was the first time that I think that we all looked at it and went like, Holy crap. Lightsabers lightsabers can be this intense and insane. And yeah, you know, after, I mean, you mentioned before there, there isn't that much, lightsaber dueling in the original trilogy and yep. when they came back for the prequels you know george very intelligently hired nick gillard mm-hmm. to make sure that the lightsaber sequences were like yeah here are the jedi in their absolute prime so the just it's the adrenaline is going to be way higher than we've ever seen it before totally. um so yeah yeah for sure um okay anakin and obi-wan versus dooku so again, like this, this is exactly it. Are we gonna put this above or below Duel of the Fates? I think it's below. Right? It's it's clearly below. Um, yeah. I yeah, uh, I would say it is better than Qui Gon versus Maul. So. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. This, I I think these are pretty easy to begin with. It's gonna get more complicated as we get further, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Yoda versus Dooku on Geonosis, prime example. Yoda versus <laughs> Dooku on Geonosis. Uh, man. It's tough. This is a good fight. This there's a there's a lot going on in this one emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, Master and apprentice, I I facing off. Um, we got some force battle stuff, like force lightning battle stuff going on in this one as well. But I I don't know. I think I think it goes under the duel of fates just because it's so brief. It's so short. Yeah. 
but it's above Anakin and yeah. Ob- Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Duke. Yeah, for sure. For, I mean, I would almost say for me personally, Yoda and Dooku versus Duel of Fates, they're almost interchangeable because both of them did the same thing for me. They really mm-hmm. like blew baby Joe Hogan's mind and like what a lightsaber fight yeah. is. Um, and especially like I've always really, really loved Yoda. Yoda has always been one of my favorites. And just the shock because they did a very good job uh, for the most part. Cause like the toy did come with a lightsaber. Um, but when I was watching that movie, I forgot that that lightsaber yeah. came with that action figure. And when he just pulled it out and they just started fighting, I was maybe in my top 10 favorite childhood memories of my life was that moment watching that unfold on screen and just the theater. I heard nothing. I didn't hear any sound effects during that fight. Oh, yeah. Because the entire theater was just in anarchy, screaming and cheering and, and awesome. I love that fight. But. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of revisionist history around this one of people being like, "Oh, Yoda flipping around with a lightsaber." And I it's love like, it. I don't care. I it, love you, it. You like you're lying. You are lying. <laughs> I love if it. you are saying that like the, when you were in that theater on opening night, you weren't like the edge of your seat hooting and hollering <laughs> at this reveal. And and then I mean, it's not even just the reveal, but then like the subsequent action of like how does Yoda fight? And just the yeah. flipping oh, yeah. and the and the flopping and the the, the oh, frog man. moves. I mean, like, come awesome. on, man. It was awesome. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there, and I think it'll. I think it'll stay pretty high. Um, Anakin and Obi Wan. Uh, sorry, Obi Wan and Anakin versus Dooku on the Invisible Hand. Now, I'm gonna. This one actually ranks really low for me. Really, I do not like. I the. Okay, um, is it better than the fight on Geonosis? Uh, it's I think tough. it is. Obi Wan goes I, down I like a punk is. at the beginning of this, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um, there's so much of this fight that's cut for time. Uh, if you've seen like the stuff oh, yeah. that the that, full that yeah. was like the full choreography, it's an incredible duel, and so go, much of it got cut. Go to Nick Gillard's YouTube channel because he yeah. has a whole bunch of those on there of all like the screen tests of prequel lightsaber duels that just never made it to the screen, and like. There's, there's so many good ones. There's there's a lot of good ones there. But here's the thing: the Anakin and Dooku on Geonosis has the moment when he cuts the the lights, mm. and they've got the lightsabers up, right? And yeah. they they do that like just with like the 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 the, the like the splashes of light. I think that's better than anything that's in the 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 duel on the Invisible Hand. Mm. Oh, uh, we are missing. Mace versus Palpatine. Oh my goodness, we are. You're right. We 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 are missing that one. Oh, I'm gonna have to add that one in. Yeah. Only because I was thinking of Nick Killard's YouTube channel and like yeah. that fight is insane. Oh my god, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Episode uh, three has a lot of fights. So. Wow. Yeah. I was definitely doing it like just from memory. I didn't like look mm. it up. I just sort of like played the movies in my missing in my one mind. out of nine films is pretty good. There's a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. there's a lot of duels. Uh, yeah, so that one goes there. Okay. Um, so what, what do you think? What do you think? I so I put I put I want to put the episode three Anakin and Obi versus Dooku under the episode two fight. 
I, I guess, look, I'm not going to be upset if we do that. I don't know if I completely agree. I do think they're pretty interchangeable because, mm-hmm. look, Obi-Wan does kind of go down like a punk in the Geonosis fight, too. He does, um, yeah. I like that Anakin is a lot stronger in this fight and holds his own against Dooku, and it's not Dooku toying with him. Um, but that's just kind of a personal preference. Honestly, I, I, this isn't a hill I'm going to die on, honestly. I'm, I'm fine with it where it is. Okay. All right. All right. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it under the episode okay. two one, um. Just because the artistry in that episode two duel, I think it I think deserves some credit. Mm. Um, that's a choreography thing. Okay, Obi Wan versus Grievous on Utapau. I I think this might be the worst duel yeah. in the entire saga. Oh really? Well, it's definitely yeah. not my favorite. Um. So. The lightsabers are a total non-issue in yeah. the, like, like, yeah. so here, let me, let me give some, some context, some justification. I uh, do, uh, sorry, do Grievous is introduced in the Gendi micro series. <laughs> so awesome. And he is introduced in stellar fashion, mm-hmm. um, in an incredible fight against Kiadi Mundi, Ayla Sakura, is Shakti there? Yes, Shakti. Yeah, there. Shakti and uh, Shagi is also Kruk, there. Kruk is there, and then and, uh, yeah, that, Kruk, one, yeah. that one other conehead guy who I'm not even sure he has a name. He yeah, like the bandages on the on the conehead. Yeah, so um, it's an incredible fight, mm-hmm. and then we get Grievous in episode three and he is incredibly disappointing Yeah. by contrast. Um, even, even in the second season of, of the micro series, Grievous doesn't do anything as impressive as what he did in his introduction. Mm-hmm. So the promise of Obi-Wan versus Grievous in the trailer and Grievous with the four lightsabers and all of that, I think it was just such a letdown for me. Yeah, um, especially because all of the all of the media that Grievous was in before episode mm-hmm. three was just like, oh, he's just this unstoppable Jedi killing machine. He's going to be terrifying. And then yeah. just it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like he spins the thing. Obi-Wan sticks the lightsaber in <laughs> like just in the middle and just stops him and then immediately cuts off two lightsabers and then very quickly deals with the other two and the lightsaber portion of that duel is done. Right. Um, well, I do kind of like, I mean, it definitely was a, in, in my opinion, a good subversion of expectations that Obi one sure. kills Grievous by shooting him. It's just like, I never saw that coming. And oh it, yeah. Like, made me laugh. Like I appreciated it, but listen, Every everything that happens after that moment, like when Grievous jumps on the wheel bike and flees, and then yeah. Obi Wan jumps on Boga, and then like Steven Spielberg takes over. Um, for those who don't know, that sequence is directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, yeah, like the the chase through Utapau, which is actually another one of those ones that is like there's an extended version of it that is it's animatic, like it's not it's not completed, but. Um, there's an extended version that like goes through traffic and like, and Obi-Wan pulls out his lightsaber and does some like deflecting at, at a certain point. And like, it's a much, much bigger chase sequence that's cut for time because episode three is 
a beast of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like everything that happens subsequently, I love. And then, and then the fight um, on the, on the platform at the very end, I also love, but, but in terms of like, if I'm going to rank it as in against lightsaber duels, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's the poopoos. Yeah. I, I put it last because right now at the bottom of the list, we have Qui-Gon versus Maul on Tatooine. Right. Yeah. Which I actually think is a very well choreographed fight and is the first time we see lightsabers make contact in the prequels right mm-hmm. um it's very brief which is one of the reasons why i think I, I i put it you know so far it's been ranked underneath everything else i don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination i think actually like in terms of what, what that one does for the story mm-hmm. for for phantom menace i think it it absolutely serves its purpose narratively of like oh Qui-Gon can't beat him <laughs> right like it's it is foreshadowing the fact that that Maul will kill Qui-Gon at the end of the movie yeah. um so I think like from a narrative perspective I think it, it it's actually doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of like the suspense in that story and and obviously as an introduction of Maul I think it's fantastic um so yeah, yeah like I, I, I put really... this under that I really like how that first duel is, I mean, I guess we didn't really talk about it because we just kind of threw it on yeah. there because it really wasn't that much to say about it. But yeah, I really like in the context of the story for Qui-Gon and, and our heroes, like this dude just shows up and starts swinging. There's no talking, yeah. no, not like who the hell is this guy? Holy crap. He's really strong. He has a lightsaber. I can't beat him. We have to run. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, jarring thing for them to go through and it moves the plot. Right. Because immediately they go to the Jedi council and they're just like, uh, Hey, yeah, I just was attacked by this dude. Pretty sure he's a Sith. I think we really need to look into this. Well, this is the beginning of the fit. Like this is the first failure of the Jedi council Yeah, yeah. in the prequels. Right. In that Qui-Gon shows up and he's like, I was attacked by a Sith Lord and the, and the council goes, that's not possible. <laughs> And he's like, no, no, the dude, he like, I, I don't know if I'm painting this picture clearly enough. He had, his face was black and he had like these red tattoos and like, and like pointy teeth and, and horns and his eyes were glowing yellow. And, um, and also did I mention that his lightsaber was a crimson blade, which I've never seen and only heard stories about because the Sith have been gone for a millennia, but like. This dude was definitely a Sith. Also, completely dressed in black. And I almost died. I almost died. He almost killed me. I had to jump onto a ship that was already in the air in order to get away from this dude. It was not a fun time. Like, like they, like, I think, like, the council is just, like, like, they dismiss it so quickly, just out of hand, right? Um, so, yeah, it is, like, it's so important for the story because it's, like, this is the first indicator of there's something seriously wrong with the Jedi Order at this point in the story. And um, and then later on when, when Yoda is, like, how could we have been so blind to these, like, they were Sith right under our noses. And it's like, well, because you didn't listen to Qui-Gon when he told you that this was happening. Mm. Um, 
But anyways, I uh, that's a, that's a that's a whole other topic, a whole other debate for a different episode. But I gotta say that just gave me a lot more appreciation for that fight because I liked it. I never disliked yeah. it, but like now I appreciate it more now that i'm just kind of thinking about it and do we need to move it up in the ranking that's the question man i don't know because do we just convince ourselves that it's better than either of the dooku fights it's so quick though right it's so short it's like less than a minute long that fight yeah um I think a lot of other stuff is going to end up underneath it. It looks like yeah. it's l- ranked low right now, but that's just yeah. because we're we're only yeah. into episode three, right? True. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep. Let's going. keep going. We got. We let's let's table it. Let's come back to the to okay. the to the Qui Gon versus Maul and Tatooine okay. fight. Uh, Mace versus Palpatine on Coruscant. This is a good fight. I like. Listen, the stuff at the beginning of it. I know that everybody is it, it, like like makes fun of it the the spinny attack and how quick the other jedi masters go down once that's out of the way the rest of this duel is really good because because this includes anakin coming in and and mace going out the window right like (laughs) so if we're talking about about like context and story and like um uh like like the emotional content of it i think this is actually like to me, this at not the first time that I saw the movie, but on rewatch, this is probably to me the most important part of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Is this duel and when Anakin comes in and and sort of like all of the context around it and yeah, all of the, the, like the emotionality point. around it. Um because I guess Anakin does technically factor into this. His lightsaber does come in contact with Mace's, right? So, like, yeah, I like I don't know. I put, I think this one's actually pretty high. Like, I think this one, I think this one's over both of the Dooku fights. I don't know, man. Um, so for me, the right off the bat, it loses some points for the editing. Um. Because, like, there are those shots where some of them, Ian McDermott is holding Anakin's lightsaber. And I know that's because they cut it down and, like, whatever it happens, they can't fix it. Whatever. A lot of it is also, like, the close-up shots of Ian McDermott fighting aren't scary to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They immediately take me out of it. Because, you know, look, he wanted to do some of his own fighting, which I (laughs) applaud. It's cool. But like yeah. the the contrast of intensity between the shots is very apparent. So for me, like, yes, I agree. The the context of the fight itself, the choreography for the most part is really good. If if they kept the original choreography, like those screen tests, this would yeah. probably be my favorite fight, period. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It really like, I don't know, like it I lose a lot of steam watching this fight. Um, and I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think they edited it for brevity. I know they didn't film, uh, the entire thing the way it was supposed to go. I think the day of they showed up and literally re-choreographed it. And Ian McDermott had to literally learn it within like an hour or something like that. So props to Ian McDermott, because I'm sure that was not an easy thing for him. Because I don't think he has any sword fighting experience. Um... But yeah, man, it's 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 not for me. It's like it just doesn't have. And I and I am also definitely in the camp of that 
man, you were upset about Obi-Wan going down like a punk. I was so excited to see those guys fight. And it was just like, nah. It's, <laughs> and I get it. It's He's so much stronger than three Jedi council members and kills them immediately. That's how dangerous he is. You need to really take this seriously which yeah. with how dangerous. I get it. But for me as a fight, it was not satisfying to watch. Um, it's it, For me, it's below Anakin versus Dooku. Okay. And now I'm not even sure about Qui-Gon versus Maul. Uh, because I'm not even sure if that should stay where it is. Um, I don't know. I, I say we compromise. We put it between the two Anakin versus Dooku's. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that works for me. That works for me. Okay. I, uh, cool. Okay, Yoda versus Palpatine. I like this one a lot more. Uh, I don't like it as much as uh, uh, Yoda, Yoda versus, versus Dooku. Dooku. Yeah. Uh, super exciting to watch. Like, mm-hmm. throwing Senate pods at Yoda. It was, like, really, really fun. Um, yeah. But, like, for me, it was one of those things where it's like, well, this can only end one way. So, yeah. For me, the stakes were just super low. Like we we knew Yoda was gonna lose. He's gonna go into hiding. Um, so I I don't know. I'm 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 almost indifferent about where this one is placed. If I'm being honest, I am gonna say I'm actually gonna I I said let's put it underneath the Dooku fights. Okay, sure. It's it's fun. It's good, but yeah, ultimately yeah. it's kind of pointless. Not much. To um, yeah. and it's intercut with. It's intercut with Battle of the Heroes, which is the next one. And Battle of the Heroes, I think, is the first one that we get to put above Duel of the Fates. How do you feel uh, about that? I can get behind that. For me, Duel of the Fates and Battle of Heroes are, are pretty interchangeable. I would, yeah. for if I were to argue, I would probably say Duel of the Fates clenches it for me. Um, mm. But only because I feel like it goes on a little too long. And, and like, I I check out a little bit during the, like swinging on the ropes over the lava river and stuff like that yeah yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, I feel it's you. just like a little whatever for me but it's you know, look i'm fine with it being number one for now the battle of the heroes is a funny one because it's got everything in the kitchen sink in it right yeah and yeah. and it's funny because like there's so much that's actually cut from it um <laughs> from from the the duel but right but what we do get is still everything in the kitchen sink um i love the one scene, it's funny because I sent you the gif, right? Of of the yeah. spinny lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. I actually really love that moment because I love the lightsaber duels that are happening um, in, in the Jedi's head before the lightsabers even move, right? And that scene to me, like as, as it's presented, what I see there is what George is intending. I think what sort of based on the things that he said about it, which is that like, these guys are so evenly matched. They're so evenly matched. And that moment where the lightsabers are just spinning around is both of them looking for an opening and neither one giving a single inch. Mm. Right. So like they're every one of those shifts, it looks to us like they're just swinging their lightsabers around, not making contact. But every single one of those moves is a shift in position with them trying to like figure out how do I get past his defense? Right. Like what, but, but they're in those split seconds, 
playing out the rest of the fight. And, and both of them are looking at each other. They know each other so well. There's so much, there's so much subtext in that one shot to me that I'm like, that's what, like, that's what I'm here for. Right. Everybody, everybody who's listened to me podcast about star Wars since season three of rebels knows that my favorite lightsaber duel is Obi-Wan and Maul on Tatooine, right. In star Wars rebels, which is a fight that takes all of 30 seconds and is three moves, right? But that is actually like it's it's actually like ten years. Like it's it's <laughs> every single fight that either of them have. Well, I guess no. At that point, it's like thirty years, right? It's every it's every every time they crossed blades. It's ever with each other with anybody else, right? Like it is it is everything and then like with the context of of the clone wars it's like it's 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 satine it's you know it's everything right mm-hmm. everything that obi-wan took from all everything that maul took from obi-wan all of that happens without anybody saying a word and without anybody even making a move and as obi-wan moves through those stances it tells that whole story right um so that's like that's that's my number one lightsaber duel in the entire Star Wars saga out of every single time a lightsaber has ever been ignited. Um, but so like that's where I'm at with lightsabers is that, like that's that to me is so much more interesting than um, than than flippy dips and and whatever. <laughs> but but then like with this fight, so it's got that going for it emotionally. Um, and sort of like a, as a subtext and the characterization of it, of these two Jedi, the two most powerful Jedi in the order at, in their prime fighting for their lives, right? Like fighting for everything, right? Like Obi-Wan is fighting for the fate of the galaxy and Anakin is fighting for the fate of his galaxy, right? Like, like it, it, it the stakes couldn't be higher. Um, even though we know how this is going to play out, like the stakes could not be higher. And every time like revenge of the Sith, the genius of that movie for me uh, upon, you know, with hindsight and, and sort of like over the course of years is that every time I watch it, I want it to go differently. (laughs) I, I want it to play out differently. And there's another duel that we'll talk about that, that has the same dynamic, um, where every single time I watch it, I just like, I'm just like, please 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 don't do this don't make this choice again that's where that 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 mace windu versus palpatine fight also has so much weight for me is because that moment to me is the emotional climax of revenge of the sith right is anakin making that choice because once he does that there's no turning back for him but at least that's what he sees so like this is another one of those ones where it's like Obi-Wan's like I like I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to do this, but you're forcing me into this and so that's all throughout this fight. And then on top of it, you've got the Errol Flynn. You say like the swing on things is like too much for you. <laughs> I love it so much. It it's fun. It just it just stops the pacing a little dead for me. Yeah, for sure. And it's intercut with with the Yoda and Palpatine fight and I think that that also makes it tough because it's like you know, like it, it, like we're kind of switching back and forth. And I think that that makes it, it makes Battle of the Heroes feel longer than it actually is. Um, because it, because we have the, 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 the Yoda and Palpatine fight in between. Um, but yeah. Okay. 
Okay. But it's it's so weird because Duel of the Fates <clears throat> switches mm-hmm. between that to the battle on Naboo with the Gungans versus the battle droids, plus yeah. Amidala and Panaka, uh, you know, infiltrating the palace, plus Anakin fighting the the droid control ship, and it's like all that stuff. But I don't have that problem with uh, Duel of the Fates. Like Duel of the Fates doesn't feel too long to me. For sure. That's because that's variety, right? And that's the genius of, yeah, of true, that yeah. as well as the end of Return of the Jedi, right? <clears throat> um, and it's it's what um it's what they tried to do in Tross, but didn't nail. They didn't execute mm. it well enough, right? But it's what they were going for in in all of those is 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 that keeping that pacing um solid by having that variety playing out but okay um oh i don't know man you kind of got okay we'll leave we're gonna leave duel of the fates at the top oh okay i mean look i'm okay with them interchanging i think those two yeah like no i mean i think that they're on equal footing and i think it's day of the week sort of thing um but 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 i will give it to duel of the fates because i think you're right Um, just in the larger context of that movie, I think Duel of the Fates works better. Sure. Obi-Wan versus Vader on the Death Star. I hate this duel. Like, I know. I get it. I know. I, I don't yeah. care about this duel. It's, I, I always gloss over it. I, I, I have a hard time paying attention to it. I think in context of the saga, the duel yeah. has improved, but f- like, if we only had the original trilogy, this would this would be my absolute bottom. It would be the bottom. Yeah, it's absolutely the bottom of the original trilogy duels. Um, yeah, in terms of choreography, it gets it scores a zero. Yeah, right. Like yeah. it's there is no choreography here. It's a couple of lightsabers tapping against each other yeah. and two guys circling. Um, that said. All of the like fan edits of like the like like oh here's like the two of them fight. I hate that stuff too. I hate that stuff so much. Mm. So it's like no, leave it as it is. It it is what it is. It is to me. Um, it's it is two old samurai <laughs> fighting. Um, but it is also it is not a it is not fully a fight because Obi Wan does not fight Vader. I think I think like to me if if anything like that kind of gives it some points for me in terms of story because it's like Obi-Wan is not there to fight Vader. Obi-Wan is delaying Vader so that the others yeah. can escape. Yeah. He knows that he's not walking away from that. Right? Like he knows for a fact the second that they step foot on the Death Star that he is not leaving. Um and I think that that's a resolve that he's had since the last time that he saw vader in the obi-wan series and that's that's the additional context that that the obi-wan kenobi series gives us i think that when he walks away from vader at the end of that he does it knowing if i see you again it will be for the last time and not Mm. because i will defeat you Mm. but because like you know like 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 i like because i refuse to fight you again Right. Like, like it's that sort of thing. And then, so then we get to a new hope and we watch that now with that context. That's what I see when I watch that is Obi-Wan going like, I'm not fighting you. All he does is stop Vader, delay Vader for a little while. And then he goes, do it, do it. And it's exactly the, what happens on crate with, 
with Luke and and Kylo, right? Of like, strike me down. This action will actually be the thing that undoes you, mm. right? Now, Obi-Wan doesn't fully understand what that means at the time, but he does know that. He knows that for a fact that like this moment it's funny because I've got my my desktops are screenshots from Galaxy of Adventure. And the one that's <laughs> up on my one monitor that doesn't, because I've got browsers open on the other two monitors and on my third monitor right now is this duel. And at the center of it in that Galaxy Adventure, I love Galaxy Adventure so much. Yeah, they're it's great, so man. They're awesome. At the center of that duel, we've got the two crossed blades with Obi-Wan and Vader. And at the center of it in the framing is Luke watching. And that's what that fight's about. That fight is about what is going to propel Luke on his larger hero's journey, not just the one for A New Hope, but the one that spans the entire trilogy. Um, This is the fuel. This is is the thing that pushes Luke over the threshold to becoming a Jedi Knight, to becoming Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. Um, And so, like, it, it, it holds weight for that which obviously puts it above Obi-Wan versus Grievous. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the rest of it, I like I agree. It's 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 very well. Uh quick recap for uh all of you who cannot yeah. see the board right now. Obi-Wan is involved in the top two and the bottom two as of right now. <laughs> so. Fantastic. Uh okay, cool. Uh Luke versus Vader on Bestman. <sighs> this is t- I love this fight. Okay. Also Full disclosure, this is my first exposure to Star Wars ever was watching the second half of The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I didn't even see, I didn't see A New Hope. I didn't see the first half of Empire Strikes Back. I came in at Dagobah. It was the first time I ever saw anything Star Wars as a child. So Luke versus Vader is my first lightsaber fight. And I love it because to this day, I will never forget the feeling of, Luke showed up to school, didn't study for the test. He's going to get his butt kicked. Is he going to survive this? I hadn't, I yeah. didn't know anything. I had never yeah. seen Return of the Jedi. I like, had no idea what to expect. And it was so obvious that this big, scary robot guy was just toying with him. And I am on the edge of my seat the entire time I'm watching this fight. Yeah. So I've for- just... <laughs> I've just placed it in the number one spot. And it is entirely okay. possible that it stays there for the rest of All right. This. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it because I do think if if we if we take Duel of the Fates as sort of like a benchmark of like choreography, story, pacing, editing, all of that stuff, and we go okay, so like this is sort of like the meter by which we we compare all of that. The thing about the Luke versus Vader fight is that there's not a lot of intercutting. We do cut mm-hmm. a little bit away to to Leia and Lando and Boba, like the escape, right? But we are almost entirely on this fight. This is emotional as hell. Um, even before we get to the reveal, right? Uh, it is brutal. It is um, beautifully, beautifully, incredibly shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it is iconic in a way that I think very few things in film have ever managed to be. Um, the underlighting, the the orange underlighting of the 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 carbon freezing chamber um, and, and Luke and Vader and just the, like the, the back and forth, the sort of the, the, the tete a tete of it. Uh, mm. It just, 
um, impressive, most impressive. You'll find I'm full of surprises. All of that is just, <laughs> it's the best. Like, this is what Star Wars is about, man. Like, this is what it's about. So, yeah. I mean, and then, and then on top of that, then you end up on, on the weather vane. You end up on like over the chasm. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. You know, like, I'll never join you. And then, yeah, it's like, that's, this is what it is, right? Like, this is what it is. Empire Strikes Back is Empire Strikes Back. This fight, above all other things in this movie, is like, like, like Empire is perfect, right? Like, <laughs> Empire no is perfect. Uh, the Battle of Hoth is incredible. The Wampa is incredible. Tauntauns are amazing. Bespin is unbelievable. The 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 slogoth right like like just yoda yoda dagobah the x-wing like yoda's theme this is some of the the imperial march for god's sake (laughs) the imperial march without empire we're not sitting here right like if it's just a new hope i don't know i don't know because like the last starfighter is one of my favorite movies of all time, but that's all there is. And I'm not, there is no, there isn't 15 years of podcasting about the last starfighter as much as I love that movie. It's one movie it's by itself. It stands alone and it, but empire is the thing that makes star Wars go from star Wars to star Wars, right? Like, like literally, cause it transforms, the movie star Wars into episode four, a new hope by virtue of the fact that now star Wars episode five, the empire strikes back exists. Mm. Right. Cause previous to that, it was just star Wars. It was a movie and some comic books and some toys, but then this movie and this fight, no, I am your father transforms star Wars from um, a thing that happened in the summer of 1977 that changed movies to a thing that happened in the seventies and the eighties that changed the world. Right. Like, yeah, and changed sure. the way that I think we engage with popular culture. So yeah, like number one, number one. Yeah, and I, cool. and I really just, I, I don't see how anything is actually going to beat that. Um, because everything that we talk about, cause, cause on top of that, the choreography in this duel is actually very good. Yeah. It's right. Awesome. It's, it's very limited by the technology, but it is also still a very, very good fight. When we put into context that like Luke has never fought anybody with a lightsaber previous to this Vader is toying with him. So their, their rematch in return of the Jedi, which we just get into right now, like their rematch in return of the Jedi is obviously much more bombastic. There's a lot more going on to it. The first time we see a lightsaber thrown through the air. Right. I, I, but and obviously, like you know, you know, uh, Leia and 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 you know, you want this, don't you? Like, strike me down, and all of that stuff is all also incredibly, I uh, I uh, like just fraught, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the 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 tension in the battle in Return of the Jedi is at an eleven from the get-go like right from from the moment that palpatine puts his hand on luke's lightsaber and he's like "Mm, yes you want this take it take it go do it and then he and he does and vader 
blocks the 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 lightsaber and it's like from there it's like every time we cut back to that fight it is just yeah the tension of that i'm I'm, like return of the jedi is a master class right like return of the jedi the the battle of endor is the best edited sequence in all of star wars possibly in all of movies like like i think certainly in terms of action in terms of like action sequences i think that everybody any editor worth their salt that works in action i don't care if you're working on a fast and the furious if you're working on you know i i i don't know a Zack snyder movie like rebel moon which oh boy <laughs> i don't know if you've watched it yet maybe that's a thunderquack I, I'm podcast about topic. 40 minutes into it and then i yeah. went to bed I think you're good. Um, oh, no. Okay. We'll talk about it on the Thunderquack <laughs> podcast. Tune in, tune into the Thunderquack podcast, which we're recording right after this. Um, we'll talk about Rebel Moon. But, yeah, like, I think that everybody who's ever who's ever sat down at, a, at an editing deck, uh, that I just dated myself by calling it an editing deck. <laughs> um, but, I, I, yeah, like, anybody who's ever sat down to do that, to do that job in any serious way um, for an action sequence would tell you this is this is it this is what this is what you're going for is return of the jedi right um because yeah it's just so perfect i mean even i i when, when we get there and it to uh, the last jedi a, a, another sequence that is like cutting between three planes of action um that you know crescendos in one of my top three moments in star wars um it is doing this it is doing what this sequence did it's emulating this right um is it one-upping it i don't know we'll talk about it but but it's definitely emulating this um because this is like this is the like this is the standard this is what people go to and go like that's how you make a third act (laughs) action sequence like with the brilliant climax all of it um but the question remains: Where Is it there? so? Is it above Duel of the Fates? Um, if you had asked me this question a year ago, mm-hmm. I would have said yes, because the stakes in Death Star Two fight are so high. It's yeah. it's. You know, not just okay. Well, the emperor is going to win, and the rebels are going to uh, are going to lose this fight. Now the emperor and Vader have their sights on Leia to turn her to the dark side, and it's just like, oh man, this is way bigger than yeah. you know anything else. But I really love that um, that quote of Filoni that's been going around for the last like year or two. Uh, Duel of the Fates is really the fate of the galaxy because if Qui-Gon survives, he trains Anakin, no Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Anakin never becomes Darth Vader because Qui-Gon understands his needs and, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't, right? Obi-Wan does it in a, a sense of obligation and loyalty to Qui-Gon. And while he does his best, obviously Darth Vader still becomes a thing. And the duel of the fates, like the stakes are a lot higher than anybody kind of realized, uh, you know, in the moment. Right. It's just like, oh, man, I I hope nothing bad happens to to Qui-Gon because, I mean, we knew Obi-Wan would be fine. 
Um, but it's just like the stakes just weren't as high. Now I feel like the stakes were even higher in this one than the Return of the Jedi fight. But, you know, that's not the only deciding factor. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this is this is a really tough one. It's tough, right? It's really I, tough. I think I would give it to Death Star 2 just because I kind of like that Luke comes undone, right? Like, his... Mm-hmm. He he lets a little bit of that dark side in where, you know, you can argue that, oh, maybe Obi-Wan did too, but not really. It, it Like, Obi-Wan, you didn't see a lot of hatred in Obi-Wan. He was angry. Yeah, but, like, he didn't he go all the focused. way. Yeah, he was focused. Luke Luke, Luke not... has to Luke has to pull himself back. Obi-Wan never has right. to pull himself back. Obi-Wan right. cuts Darth Maul in half and the fight is done and he turns right. to Qui-Gon and he's back to himself, right? But Luke has to literally stop himself he he cuts off vader's hand and then he and and that he sees the stump he sees the 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 robotic stump and it stops him in his tracks and he looks at his own hand and he goes and that's the moment when he realizes i am already this is what yoda talked about right once you start down the dark path forever will it dominate your destiny which is yoda doesn't mean that it like once it's done, it's done. That's not what he means. He means that once you make a choice like that, everything in your life from that point on is going to be influenced by the decision you made right there. Right. And Luke already goes too far. He already kills Vader. Vader is dead. Right. Like, like, like there's very little coming back. He's already gasping for air. He's already gotten the crap beaten out of him. Like Luke has won. He has defeated Vader. There's no getting out of that situation. As we know, that doesn't involve other than unless you count star Wars infinities, but there is no getting out of that situation that doesn't involve Vader's death in some way, whether by Mm -hmm. sacrifice or by, you know, Luke's hand. Right. And Luke looks at his own, his own, robotic hand and he goes i am already infected with this Mm. it's all like it's not the dark side is not something to be avoided this is where luke becomes luke right this is where he becomes one of the greatest jedi ever is when he looks at that and he looks at his hand and he tosses his lightsaber down and he goes this is a part of me can't get rid of it i've already made this choice Right. I've all it's it already is dominating my destiny. I'm already on this path. But here and now I have a choice whether or not to continue down that path or to stop. Right. And if that means my death, then that means my death. Right. And that's more important than. You know, survival in this moment. Right. Um and to me like that like that yeah that is like that's so much because that is what star wars ultimately (laughs) is about Mm -hmm. and it's in that moment it's in that action it's in accepting and integrating his dark side right eating his own shadow and saying to to palpatine you failed i'm a jedi like my father before me that's when anakin goes it's not done right Luke shows him that even though you you've crossed the line, you can always, always, always step back. Mm. Right. Even as far gone as Vader is, he can still step back and he does. And he, he, he comes back and Anakin is reborn 
and uh and and palpatine is defeated ish <laughs> right but like that yeah that that's what star wars is all about like that's that was the whole point of it um and so to me it's yeah that's just a little bit more that's the edge that's the thing that edges it out yeah. over over yeah. duel of the fates i think yeah i agree cool okay here we go. Finn versus FN2199. We're into the sequels. I... <laughs> By the way, yeah. <laughs> looking at these two lists, we've done episodes one through six, and the list of duels of just seven through nine are almost as much. It's almost as much as the entirety <laughs> of the first six films. We're like halfway there. <laughs> yeah. So... I like this is wonderful because this 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 I think brings up one of the points that I wanted to bring up which is that like more lightsaber fights flashier lightsaber fights it's not necessarily better because look at what our top 2 are our top 2 are empire and jedi yeah. right and that's because they're not the flashiest fights they are not choreographed as well as as some of these other ones and yet like they're up there because of because of what they mean right um so spinny moves and and flashy choreography that is not what defines a good lightsaber duel right that's that is not it you know there's Grievous. more there's more there <laughs> um finn versus versus uh fn2199 his official name but as we know him traitor uh tr tr adar um i I actually really love this moment in The Force Awakens. I I think it's a really really character defining moment for Finn. I mean, this is this is the moment we just talked about Luke's choice of like, am I gonna go down the dark path or am I gonna um, uh, die a hero? Right. Um, this is Finn's moment when Maz, you know, he's I need a weapon. You already have one, right? Like, um, go like fight become a hero right i this is this is actually finn's first step this is him crossing the threshold right even though the adventure is like well on its way and there were other points where you could say that he crossed the threshold like like rescuing poe to begin with all of that was out of self-interest i I was just gonna say yeah i don't really i don't really count that because he's just looking out for number one poe calls him out on it right that's that's why it's in there lawrence keston knows what he's doing he he wrote that in there for a reason you need a pilot i need a pilot right like we're gonna do this poe is the hero in those scenes finn is a passenger that's why poe is in the front seat and finn is Mm. in the back seat right um yeah, it's like like Poe is in charge, Poe is in control, and then that transforms from I uh, from I uh, Poe to Ray. Ray is in charge. Ray is the hero. Ray is the one that's gonna take, is gonna pull him over the threshold. Finn keeps trying. He keeps trying to take her hand, but then she takes his hand and goes, "Come on, let's go. I'm the hero." This is the moment where Finn steps up and goes, "I'm a hero too." Right. Like I can be a hero, too. I'm going to stand up against the First Order. I'm going to I'm I am going to fight against them. He's done running. Right. So to me, like all of that builds into this moment and defines this moment for the character. This is also like the beginning of his Jedi path. Right. Um, Which which, you know, is shaky. And, you know, there's a lot to discuss there. That's maybe for a different episode. But um, 
but but it is it is his first step this is his first step so i with all of that where do we put it where do we <laughs> i put don't it? know man as as a duel that context matters yeah that context matters i think that alone it keeps it out of the bottom right like yeah that's the that, thing, that alone it out of the drops it somewhere in the middle for me yeah um is it above Yoda versus Palpatine on Coruscant? Yoda versus Palpatine on Coruscant. Uh, yeah, for for me, I would even say it's above Mace versus Palpatine because I was yeah. really excited watching this fight. Yeah. Um, Geonosis. Obi Wan and Anakin versus G- Dooku on Geonosis. Um. Uh, for me, I I would probably say not as not as good as Obi Wan Anakin versus Dooku. Yeah, uh, better than Mace and Palpatine. I agree. I agree. Yeah, throw that out there. Um, okay. For me, Finn versus Kylo. Yeah, is probably my favorite moment out of the sequel trilogy, and it's the moment that it cemented Finn as my favorite character of the sequel trilogy. Interesting. See, we, you and I have not talked about the sequel trilogy a lot, which mm-hmm. I think is really interesting because I know like it's not your favorite, right? Like you, you're not, really not thrilled with them. <laughs> it's really not at all. So it's really interesting because I love the sequel trilogy so much. Mm-hmm. So, but and so we really haven't talked about it. I didn't know that Finn was your favorite character from the sequels. Yeah, yeah Finn's my favorite. That's this is really interesting. I love this. See, we're, we're I'm, I'm learning so much about how you feel about these movies now. Um, <laughs> well, I love his character arc in this movie. I love that yeah, he was yeah. just totally selfish. Like you said, he crosses that threshold. But this is to me, this is the moment. You know, I I know he sacrifices his his well being to go rescue Ray. But yeah. this is the moment <laughs> where he's like, I'm going to lose this. Like I know for a fact, I'm going to get my yeah. ass kicked by Kylo Ren. He's this like big scary Sith dude. He has a lightsaber. Uh, I'm probably gonna lose this fight. I'm gonna fight him anyway. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. Ray's in trouble. I need to. I need to save Ray. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it goes horrible for him, and I was terrified for him the entire because it was. It really was the first time in a Star Wars film, other than Luke versus Vader on Bespin, for me, in the context of my experience with watching Star Wars movies. That I really was like, I don't know how this is going to go for him. Yeah. He's not trained. He's fighting this guy who is. What's going to happen to this guy? Is he going to, he's in real danger. Like I was actually really worried for Finn because who knows, maybe they would kill him because I kind of had an inkling that like, okay, well, Ray has the, you know, Ray had the vision. Ray did the Jedi mind trick. Ray's probably going to be the one that you know is i would i wanted both of them to be jedi but you know whatever um i had a feeling ray was going to be fine i wasn't so sure about finn um Mm -hmm. and but like it 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 always takes me back to my, my one of my favorite quotes in uh game of thrones is something like you know the only time you can be brave is when you're afraid and like here's finn like terrified knows the odds are stacked against him and he's just like yeah i'm gonna do it anyway it's because it's it's my friend is in trouble so i have to rescue my friend yeah so for me this is a very high fight um if i were to put it in a starting point i would say the lowest 
I would want to see it is uh, below Obi-Wan and Anakin on Mustafar. Um, yeah. For me, I would even do it higher than that. It would be below Duel of Fates and between uh, between the two. Duel of Fates and, and Battle of Heroes. Um, wow. But I'm okay with it if you don't feel the same way. I think I think this is a good spot for it. I don't think that I can put okay. it above Battle of the Heroes because uh, it is also very brief. It's also like <laughs> four or five moves. Mm. But yes, like I I love it. I mean, oh, I, cool. yeah, all of the stuff that you said, I second. I I, I think you're spot on. Um, and it's well choreographed. Yeah, like for yeah. for a dude who, you know, clearly he's been trained with weapons, so it makes sense that he has that. You know, um, you know, we saw him fighting. What is it? FN two, no, FN two one nine nine. Yeah, uh, we know he know we he has combat skills. He just doesn't have the force, so yeah. he's still able to, not quite hold his own, but it's still like, ooh, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance he'll come out on top here. Well, he scores a hit. He scores a hit. Right, like, and he, Kylo he, was already hurt, right, because he was yeah. shot by the bowcaster. So yeah. there was yeah. a possibility there, and also like, you know, you mentioned. Adam Driver's acting like Adam Driver's awesome in this fight. Oh my god, this whole yeah. I mean, the like the whole third act, of the, whole, the whole third act of of the Force Awakens. Adam Driver is just like yeah. Adam Driver is in a different movie from everybody else in the third <laughs> act of the Force Awakens, but in in a good way, where it's like like he is he is the hero of his own story, and yeah. you see that in him of like he's like no no you don't understand. Han Solo is the bad guy. I <laughs> defeated him. I beat him, right? And you're not getting away. You're a traitor and you're trying to you know, like you like like and you girl like you're staying with me. I'm you're like you belong to me now, right? Like he's he's like no no no. I won. I won and now I get to I get my my rewards as a hero. You guys are trying to take that away from me, right? Like he's he's trying so hard to hold on to um this idea in his head and it's like up to the moment of what we're at right now the lightsaber in the snow and he's pulling it to him and it goes to ray and this fight starts and it's just like that's where and he becomes unmoored as uh as, as uh, <laughs> good Snoke word would say that's a yeah. good word he was bested by a girl who never held a lightsaber um so the way you feel about the finn versus kylo is probably the way that I feel about Ray versus Kylo on Starkiller. <laughs> I it's not it, it. I don't know if it's my favorite. I think it's like day, day of the week is is gonna is gonna determine whether it's this one or the supremacy. Because I really really love everything that happens on the supremacy, but the back and forth between these two characters, especially in hindsight, especially with like future context of the entire thing. And I was not a Raylo when I started my journey with the force awakens, but I am a Raylo <laughs> now. And the way that I feel about this fight now is, is, is very different from the way that I felt when I first saw it. Um, Cause this is the beginning of the, their courtship, right? Like this is, this is the start of that. Um, yeah. Choreography. I love the setting. I love the, the dark snowy forest. Mm. Um, I love the lighting and and just the atmosphere of it um, and the way that um, the 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 pathetic fallacy of it that 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 as Kylo comes apart as he starts to crack the earth cracks as well and Ray can defeat him 
this can all be done, right? But that would put her on a path that she shouldn't be on. And the force intercedes as it has been throughout this movie, right? The force awakens to me is that like, this is the first time since Anakin, since the virgins in the force that the force has decided that it's that, that the, the imbalance is too, is too great. I like, like it needs to, something needs to happen. Right. And so the force actually intercedes here and splits the earth between them. I, so that she can't kill Kylo Ren because that's not their destiny. Right. Um, I love, and I love all of that. I love all of that so much. I think it's so well done. I think it's all right there in Lawrence Kasdan's screenplay. Um, and, and all JJ has to do is finish the job, you know, like all he's got to do is shoot it and put it together. Um, which is what JJ is very good at. Like you give JJ a great script and he will make an incredible movie. Um, you give him a bad script and he will make an incredibly bad movie. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic there. I, I, I feel like JJ and Michael Bay are very much in the same vein and i think that a lot of people will probably get mad at me for that because a lot of people will say a lot of negative things about michael bay i think michael bay is an incredible director i think michael bay is a visionary and i think that people don't give him credit for the way that he changed action films in the late 90s and early 2000s he is an incredible director and i put jj abrams in the same in the same um category as him they are both ridiculously technically skilled if you don't give them a good script they will shoot a bad movie (laughs) they'll just go they'll just shoot a bad movie because what they see is what's in front of them and so they'll follow the script they will create that story and if that story is flawed then um it's a bit like the (laughs) we're gonna cross into mcu territory it's a bit like the super soldier serum right i it it makes good better it makes bad worse right like i think that a director like michael bayer director like jj abrams like they will amplify whatever you give them you give them a good script written by lawrence kasdan they're gonna make a good movie i mean like I, third act aside the island is an awesome movie i love it so much you and mcgregor and scarlett johansson i love that movie it's such a good movie such a great screenplay and then it gets into third act nonsense with flying you know cars and hover bikes and whatever um i still love all of that stuff it's all great but it's like a very different movie from the first two-thirds of the movie (laughs) um but pain and gain again you give you you give i i michael bay a great screenplay you give him mark Wahlberg and the rock and you like you got a mm, that's a good movie you guys that's a good movie (laughs) that a lot of people have overlooked um JJ's the same like like and so you give him this and and like he directs the crap out of this sequence it's so good intercut with Poe Dameron being Poe Dameron and you know like it just yeah this one's this one's big for me this one this one's this one's got got big good juju for me (laughs) I put it above Finn versus Kylo okay I I, it's look it's fair that's fair I I do not have the same yeah. attachment to this fight um i have to i yeah i have to overrule you because i think that the yeah consensus, look it's cool we, right we, i think the consensus is that it's fine. a good fight um, um i okay. i mean i have 
very complicated feelings about the sequel trilogy in general. Yeah. And we're going to fix that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, so you say. We, we yeah, will we're going to fix it. Would... Dude, I want to love these movies. I really I genuinely do. do. Because the, the thing is, there are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things about them that I genuinely enjoy watching. But, like, just as, as a whole, it just doesn't work for me. Like, it, it doesn't feel like a cohesive story to me from start to finish. Yeah, because it's not. Well, yeah. It, <laughs> it's it's not. not. But, like, yeah. to me, it's distracting to the point that it really, like, it really ruins my enjoyment of a lot of it. Because, like, totally, I, I think as a lightsaber duel, and if episode seven was a standalone film, I would be 100% on board with you. But the fact that Ray goes on to fight Kylo several more times and every single time she wins again yeah. or it's a draw or whatever, it doesn't make it exciting for me to watch them fight. And it starts with this fight. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wish she lost just so she had somewhere to go from there. You know what I yeah, mean? That's like, fair. I don't. I don't have a problem that a lot of people complain about with this fight. Was like, oh well, she's never had a lightsaber before. She just... That's okay. Who cares? Like we already said, Finn had a chance. There's no reason Ray shouldn't have a chance, right? Because Ray has the Force yeah. and Finn didn't. Um, but just in terms of like where the story is going to go from here, this fight isn't satisfying to me because of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I think I think for me the 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 thing that changed with the Disney era is, is the amount of influence that the Kyber crystal has over the wielder. Mm. Um, and it's implied in this sequence. It's implied throughout the sequel trilogy that, that the lightsaber actually like it, it, it's a mirror. So it reflects, but it's also like, it also has power over, over the wielder Mm. that is exemplified alongside these films with what we learn about the dark saber in star Wars rebels that is then further explored in the Mandalorian. Right. Mm. Like the Kyber crystal is alive in a way, right? It is, it is, it is a conduit to the force and the force uses it to communicate to a Jedi, to a force, user, not even to a force user, just to anybody, the forces and everyone. Right. So it, it can communicate to anybody. And so we see that when Din Djarin holds the dark saber and for him, it's, it is, it is almost impossible. Right. But then when Bo-Katan picks it up, it's like, it's, it's light as a feather and she can slice and dice a spider robot with the greatest of ease. Right. Um, And, and, to bring back the legacy Skywalker lightsaber there like this is that's the only reason that's the only reason from a story perspective that that lightsaber gets us a third life really in in the sequel trilogy is that it has things to teach Rey um and it also like it's it is it's part of like when I talk about the force interceding here the that lightsaber putting her on a path and um and i think guiding her hands you know um in the way that obi-wan refers to you know the force i it 
controls your actions, but it also obeys your commands, mm. right? Like that is exemplified in this in this fight when she very clearly, very clearly emulates Anakin in a lot of this battle. Um, there's a lot of episode two Anakin going going through uh, that lightsaber into her. A lot of a lot of his energy, I think. Uh, comes through and that's sort of what propels her and it's why she wins uh, as far as I'm concerned Um, it's not her so much as it is as it is like the lightsaber itself Mm. right with Anakin and Luke and everything that's in it Um, just sort of like and she's a she's a conduit she channels it um not to take anything away from Ray, but no, I think I, that I, I think that much more of it's I the think and this, is where we, of the two. this is where we talk about characterization, right? I think that as the trilogy goes on, we see much more of her in control as opposed to the as opposed to the force or the lightsaber guiding her. <clears throat> um, but in this fight, it is very much I have always read it from the very beginning as um like the vision sort of sort of puts that in your mind, right? When she has the force vision, um, that shows us that like, oh, this thing has this thing has a lot of influence. And Maz talks about it, and, and like it's like it's it's all there. It's all in the it's all in the subtext of of this film. So when we get there and she fights, and it's like, oh yeah, that's Anakin Skywalker. Like, mm-hmm. look at that. That's Anakin Skywalker. Um, and then Kylo is just so unbalanced in this fight that there's no other way to me that it could go. But um, yeah, uh, okay. I, I think I think I think we we've we've discussed that one quite a bit. <laughs> Ray versus Luke on Octo. I some cool choreography in here. I really like Luke. You know, I, I it starts with the staff and the and the the weather vane, right? Um, and uh but it ends with a lightsaber which is why i counted as a duel um and it is this is conflict like there is a there's a huge amount of conflict here there's more conflict here than there is between ray and kylo later in this movie right like like ray's biggest conflict in this film i think is with luke Mm -hmm. and it comes to a head this is the climax of that so um in terms of emotional uh, uh, content. I think that this is this is up there for me. But you know, there's only one lightsaber, and it's only ever you know pointed at somebody. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel? Where, where? where I, mean, I think it's just going down towards the bottom. But, uh, the, but I do think it deserves to be on the list. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Um, might surprise you. This might surprise okay. you because it's going to. I think I really don't like this film. Like this yeah. is my least favorite Star Wars movie. So. The fact that I am going to kind of defend it is even mm-hmm. surprising to me. Um, I like the emotional context. I, I like that it's Ray kind of, uh, you know, it's a fight that I wasn't expecting, which, mm-hmm. first of all, I appreciate. Um, I like that it's coming from a place of Ray. Not quite channeling the dark side, but definitely letting her emotions dictate her actions. I like that, you know, I know a lot of people who are in the same camp as me don't like the fact that Ray beats Luke Skywalker. But, like, let's let's 
let's look at the situation, right? Luke is out of practice. Mm-hmm. He's cut off from the Force up until this point for how many years? Ray is closing in on her peak. Ray mm-hmm. is uh, frustrated and hyper focused and is not rusty, right? So it makes sense that she could best someone. And it's. She's I also. Never... Yeah, Go she's ahead. also right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like, so, so yeah. righteousness is a, is a, is a component of this fight. Right. She's fueled by the fact that she is on the right side of this and she knows she is. And what she's asking him to do is not to come and fight the war. She's saying like, he, he's like, Oh, like, cause this is right after the moment where they touch hands. Right. And he, he blows mm. apart the hide. Yeah. That's what, that's what kicks off this battle. Right. So, Luke is rejecting Kylo and Ray is now at the point where she's just crossed the inverse. And she's like, no, the only way to end this is to bring him back. Just like Mm -hmm. you brought back Vader, right? She's literally taken his lesson, whether he wanted to teach it or not. Right. right? The things that Yoda then imparts to him in a couple of scenes of like, like your like failure, the greatest teacher is right. All of that. Like she's, she's taken in everything that he set up until this point. She's like, well, obviously if the way to defeat Palpatine was to save Vader, then the way to defeat Snoke and the first order is to take away their most powerful weapon, which is Kylo Ren and turn him to our side. It totally shifts the balance it's the right thing to do, right? Like, and it, she's totally in the right. It also and he is, is in the a, wrong. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's it. That's it. Go ahead. I, I think this also flips any argument of, oh, how could how could Rey defeat Luke? How could the little snot-nosed Luke defeat Darth Vader, who is yeah. the baddest mofo in the galaxy, right? But he did it. Like... It, it's stupid. It's stupid that anyone would have a problem with the outcome of this fight. Stanley, I, I yeah. love this scene. I actually really do like this scene. Stanley is quoted as saying, "Like, like, oh, you know, the question of who's going to win this fight when we put a, a character against another character, right? Spider-Man fights Captain America. Who's who's going to win, right? Well, whose book is it? Is it Spider-Man's yeah. book? <laughs> if it's Spider-Man's book, then Spider-Man's going to win." Right. Because that's the story that we're telling. The story Mm. is Spider-Man's story. So if Spider-Man needs to win, he's going to win. Right. And that's like, that's exactly it right here. It's like, this is not Luke's story. I think that's, there's not, that's not a bad thing. And I think that people use that as like a pejorative of like, Oh, you know, it's like, but it's not, it's their time is done. Right. Just like Obi-Wan, it was not Obi-Wan's story in a new hope which is why Obi-Wan loses to Vader because Vader needs to keep going because it's Luke's story and Luke needs to confront Vader. That's what needs to happen for Luke's story to move forward. This is not Luke's story. This is Ray's story. And Ray has to be the one she's right. Like that's like it's it's, and we have to see that we have to see that she's right. And Luke has to see that he's wrong and understand that like he's, he's, this is another one of his failures. That's not a bad thing. Failure is not a bad thing. It's just part of the journey. It's okay. But anyways, uh, so where do we put this? Where do we put this? Do we put this? 
for me, if I were to throw it somewhere, it might surprise you. For me, I think it's mm-hmm. above Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Dooku on Geonosis. All the way up there. For, for me, that's where it yeah. lies. Because I actually really like it. I'm going to give it to you. All right. I'm going to give it to you because I consider that a victory for me. <laughs> I... Ray and Kylo versus the Praetorians. Okay, here's the thing. In terms of choreography, and I know that there's all these people that pick apart. They, oh, oh, this doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Cut all of that out of your mind. We can do that to literally any of these fights. We can do that to every single one of these duels. They are choreographed movie fights. They are not real fights. Real sword fights don't happen this way. That's that's a non-starter. Real sword fights are like, 15 seconds long yeah um and they are not glamorous and they are gory and not fun um okay in terms of choreography this one is actually it is my favorite i love the choreography of this entire sequence i love um in terms of like like story i love the where this kicks off with the death of snoke um and then the climax of this is like i said it's like one of my top three moments in star wars mm-hmm. with the holdo maneuver which is like like i look at this and i go okay so you've got that you've got finn and rose they're about to be executed everything is going wrong it's all going down the resistance is in those ships they're being blown up holdo turns the the uh uh um oh what's the name of the ship it's named after it's the radis she turns the oh, radis right, around right. she points it at the supremacy and the music is building, the fight is over, but the 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 force battle over the lightsaber is happening, and like that, like it's just that is to me so amazing. I mean, like the 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 feeling of that on opening night, um, I don't know, nothing beats it, nothing beats it. Like to me, like that moment is as good, well, not as good. That that moment comes about as close as anything to uh to Mjolnir going to cap in Endgame, right? Uh, nothing beats that. <laughs> Mjolnir going to cap in Endgame is without yeah. a doubt yeah. It unequivocally academically the greatest mo- moment in the entirety of film. <laughs> the greatest moment in the entirety of film. There are like 20 movies building up over 10 years like do you it just like Guys, it, it nothing will ever be as good as that ever, and I'll die on that hill. Um, it's such an amazing moment. Nothing. If you weren't there, if you can't understand that, then you just don't get movies. But I, uh, anyways, um, <clears throat> I don't think that that's an unpopular opinion. I think that people no, that I, would disagree just don't get it. They I, just don't get it. I don't know if I think it's the greatest moment in film history, but it is I just, it, it is, is definitely up there for me. That was a oh wonderful, God. wonderful moment. That it, the 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 whole experience of going to a movie in the theater with a bunch yeah. of other people and experiencing cinema I on the big screen commute as a communal yeah. experience. Yeah. I just can't think of anything better than that and and i just i have a hard time imagining the world coming back together in the way that it did around endgame like so many so many people on the same page it was it was chills tears and cheering all three at the same time which is like yeah how 
What more could you ask for? And the way that the Holdo maneuver sucked the oxygen out of the entire theater. I saw this. I saw Last Jedi in theaters six times, I think. (laughs) And every single time I saw it, this scene had the same effect, like the same response. Mm -hmm. Because it was it was all sort of within like the first few weeks of it being out. Right. So I was still seeing it with people who were like seeing it for the first time. And it just like, I mean, like to the, to the, to the point that they had to put signs in the theater of like, there's nothing wrong with your movie. It's, <laughs> it's okay. The audio is going to cut out. Like it's, 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 it's what's supposed to happen. Um, it's yeah, it's so good. So, so good. But, uh, but the, the fight with the Praetorians in terms of choreography, I think is, is one of the best choreographed fights in all of star Wars. Um, the the variety of what's going on i think is one of the things that that puts it up there for me um i i just love you know the different weapons and and all of that um uh, i love seeing again characterization the 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 difference between the way that ray fights and the way that kylo fights um this is the first time that we get to see kylo ren fight with a lightsaber where he is not unbalanced where he is not um where where he is actually like peak um and uh and 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 i love that i love the difference in the choreography there where it's like we see his his economy of motion is incredible he just like houses these dudes three or four at a time while ray is fighting like one guy right and holding her own but like fighting one dude Mm. right um and then the and then the lightsaber toss uh, and the like the ignition through the helmet such a great moment such a great moment i love it i love this fight um i put it up pretty high i put it i put it probably right under battle of the heroes it's gonna surprise you yeah i think it's better than battle of the heroes honestly oh I'll take um, it. I'm going to take it. It's not better than Duel of the Fates. No, it is not. I, I do not think it's better than Duel of yeah. the Fates. Um, there we go. That that's that that put that's put puts it in a happy spot. I'm it's good with that. Real and it's not because it's real quick. This is a very yeah. quick sequence. But like I appreciate that. Um yeah. but honestly I love like one of my favorite things in cinema and stories are when people who shouldn't be together team up yeah. and fight together and are awesome. So like the the moment in the first Avengers movie where everybody's finally here and we're like, you yeah. know, the camera's rotating around them and everybody starts kicking ass together. Like yeah. that's those are my movie moments. Like, you know what I mean? Like those are the moments that I like wait for yeah. and wait for and wait for. And when they yeah, show when up, Godzilla like, and Mothra so team up to fight yeah. Ghidorah, right? Yeah. Like it's like, like it's like, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. Cool. totally. Those when Sonic moments. and Shadow have to work together in order to defeat Robotnik, right? Right. And it was it was just yeah. the sense that in in the moment when the duel started, like we didn't even talk about like he kills Snoke, like yeah. he kills Snoke, and it's it was just so like what what's happening what does this mean are that what yeah. are they a team now is did he jo- did he switch what's going on what's happening oh my god and it was just that like high adrenaline high octane 
all those questions running through your head and all of it is just being fed into the excitement of the action and it was yeah. so well choreographed i love that fight like i hate this movie i love that fight i love that <laughs> scene it's so good it's so 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 good excellent okay <laughs> luke so, versus yeah. kylo on crate emotional content great like <laughs> great top tops right like i think i think like as good as empire um mm. for me uh this confrontation between the two of them i i you know I, like fire everything like it just like i think you got him <laughs> the dusting off the shoulder mm. um i don't know about you i i read this um like a mile away um, oh yeah when he when he first shows up and he looks completely different i was yeah. like something is and he had the some, blue lightsaber yeah something is not uh, right this is not that's not that's not luke it is luke but it's not luke right yeah. um i because he looks like he looked in the flashback he doesn't look like he looks mm-hmm. on octo um and then and then the giveaway is when he it, Ryan just focuses in on his foot. I just watched Last Jedi like a couple weeks ago, like a week ago, mm. um, and I, I, I love this. I love this sequence because it, it like we get, we get this like almost innocuous. It's not like he doesn't like push in. It's not an insert on his foot, but it is a shot that shows because Kylo does the thing where he kind of like drags his foot across the ground, yeah. and it and it showed like this is why the salt and the red and all that like it like like it wasn't just to look cool during the the skim speeders the skim speeders are are there to set this up right like 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 i guarantee you he wrote that in reverse right he he wrote all of this because this is like a very samurai thing of like the cherry blossoms Mm -hmm. right like like sort of around like 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 two samurai sort of fighting in in a in a clearing sort of thing right um and so kylo moves his foot and it reveals the red underneath when luke moves his foot there's no footprint there's nothing right like he's not affecting the world around him um which you know you can kind of go and like oh is he just like that light on his feet like he's he's a jedi master is that the point here so you're kind of questioning it a little bit but you're also going like i don't think he's there right and we've gotten the force projection stuff between between the dyad at this point so we're like what's going on but i kind of like put it together of like that's he's he has projected himself to that place mm-hmm. which kylo says at the beginning you're not doing this the effort would kill you right like so this is where like yeah i you you feel the way that you feel about the last jedi and i'm going to turn you around on it but like it is so <laughs> you will written. try it's so expertly written because that moment earlier in the movie where Kylo says that is just such a throwaway of like, you're like, how are you doing this? You're not doing this. The effort would kill you. Like he just sort of like, you, you can just dismiss it. It's just like, I, and that, cause then we're right into it. Ray's spitting venom at him and you know, you're just like, okay, you're all about it. And then they touch and you're like, mm, yum. I, all of that. I hate that love story so much. Oh, oh my god. 
We'll turn you around. We'll turn you around. He is literally an abuser. I hate that love story so much. I'm gonna. I gotta fix you. I got. We gotta. This is not the time. But oh, we're gonna it's fix the that. worst message. We're gonna fix that. I can fix him. Oh, no, God. that's not it. That's not it. See, you're on the wrong side of it. I hate this. You're on. You're. I told. Listen. I was where you were, and 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 I will tell you right now that like that you're wrong, and you know we'll get okay. to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> I get. I totally understand where you're coming from, but but I it's actually it's a it's a it's a flawed premise. We'll we'll get there. Okay. Um, you got to okay. read the book for it. Once you've well, read the book, yeah, then we I, can have I, this conversation. I actually discussing this with you. It's making me want to watch all three again. Honestly. Yeah. 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 Um. Because it's been a minute. I have not seen The Last Jedi since I saw it in the theater. And I have not seen uh, Rise of Skywalker since the first time I saw that also. Mm. So I have not seen those films in a while. I did buy the book. I don't know if I told you. I read the first like epilogue chapter. Awesome. Yeah. Really, really awesome. I did like yeah. it. So. It gets you right in, doesn't it? Yeah, it was like, really good. I was yeah. like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. It's so good. Um, okay, sorry. So, look. I think this is a very, very, very well thought out, well yep. choreographed sequence. I don't care. I wanted Jedi Master Luke Skywalker to come kick some ass. Like, that's what yeah, I yeah, wanted sure. of this scene. I didn't get what I want. Fine. Life goes on. But I feel because you. of that, it's not going to rank very high for me. Um, yeah. I will also say, like, I, like, like, in my, in my sort of like my meta love of of lightsaber duels that aren't lightsaber duels it ranks very high in terms of like like what we've got on this list and what we're sort of basing it on on this list it's not very high um i love it in the movie it is not one that i'm like i'm gonna go back and watch that you know what i mean like i like i like it i like it within context but i am going to start it underneath the the Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Dooku. Which one? The second one. The like like underneath both of them. Okay. All so, right, I can live with that. Right I mean, I would no matter where you Palpatine. put it, I was gonna be like, look, I'm, I yeah. don't agree. For for okay. me, this is this is last. This is your this, bottom? This is my bottom. Interesting. And it's okay. not even because, like I said, I think it's really well thought out, but it's just not it's just like yeah. the complete opposite direction of what I wanted. So I have, I'm having a hard time. You know what? That's not fair then. I shouldn't be putting it there because if I'm good, I, I want to be objective with this. I really want to be objective with these films. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let my emotions get to me on <laughs> how I'm going to rank these things. Um, objectively speaking. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. that's okay. Where that Are we is. good? We're good. Yeah, okay. I think that's, I think that's fair. Ray versus Kylo on Kajimi. Uh, I put this on. I put this rem- under Obi Wan and Vader on the Death Star because this me, is which which one is this? This is the, this is the gimmick. This is the gimmick the, where they're fight. They're okay. they're um the teleport dyad thing. They're fighting through the Force. Yeah, yeah they're okay. not in the same place, okay. but yeah. So quickly to recap, yeah. you had said I think when we were discussing Ahsoka, right? Do yeah. you feel like this is world between worlds kind of? shenanigans going on right now yeah absolutely absolutely yeah 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 it's all connected right like the world the world between worlds is a concept 
it's visually represented in Ahsoka and Star Wars Rebels in a, in a very specific way for that very specific context. But the world between worlds is any time the Force creates a connection over, like through time and space, right? Yeah. So, so this is an example of it. I like when Ray touches the lightsaber, she is in the world between worlds in, in the force awakens. Right. Because she is, she is physically in those places. She feels the ground underneath her with Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren in front of her. And she feels the rain in the same way that like that Kylo is able to feel the rain when their dyad connects, which is world between worlds stuff. Right. In, in, in the last Jedi, like, like the, all, all of that to me is the same thing. Like we're, we're, we are talking about the same, the same principle at play. Um, and that's, this is the expansion of that, right? This is the expansion of, um, of, of the, of the two of them being able to connect through the force. Right. Um, what um, what about the time and space, like the cave, the two cave sequences, Luke's and Ray's. So last Jedi Ray and yeah, thousand percent, thousand percent. Yeah, those are world between worlds. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any 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 time our any time our characters leave the physical space, Mortis, right? Like they they leave they leave the confines of reality and go into a place that is that is above and beyond, right? Where where literally anything can happen. Um, the to me that is that is the world between worlds. The thing with 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 the dyad and Ray and Kylo is that they are able to um, they're able to access it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Those other instances all require a vergence, right. They, they require like a, uh, whether it's like a nexus point, like, like a temple or the tree or in the instance of the Kyber crystal inside the, the legacy lightsaber that holds all of this, holds all of this this connection to the force right that's it it it, that lightsaber becomes a virgins in the force that look okay so here's here's the thing we're talking about the supremacy and all of that stuff i don't know that holdo is entirely responsible for what happens the 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 scale of what happens Mm -hmm. right and that's something that, like, I, I wish that they had explored a little bit in Trost when when I, when the the Hobbit says some holdo maneuvers. For I I wish that Poe would have been like that was one in a million. We still can't explain it, right? <laughs> like that's not like there's nothing about a hyperdrive that that explains how that happened the way that it happened. Like like just and and for him to just be like be like. Somehow Palpatine returned. Somehow the whole that oh, wow. holdo maneuver worked. Like some, because I I believe that it was amplified by those two things happening in the same moment. And those two things happen in the same moment because the Force makes it happen, right? Because um, it there's there is too much coincidence. My experience, there's no such thing as luck, right? There's too much coincidence of like that lightsaber splits, holdo hits, like jumps to hyperspace. Um, somehow all this goes down. Rose, Finn, Ray, Kylo—they're all fine. They're all fine, hmm. right? Like exactly what needs to happen happens, right? It, like, like it—it just—it's there's there's too much coincidence there for it to have not been um, affected by the force in some way. So I believe that the Kyber crystal splitting also, like, 
like had something to do with it that like holdo hit and that split and it happened at the same time and it like that's why it like splits and like goes into all of the ships and whatever it's like the perfect moment for them to get away sort of thing but anyways that's a conspiracy theory for another day um kajimi where this this fight on kajimi where, where, where are we at with this i i i want to put this like near the bottom yeah, yeah, you're not gonna have any. <laughs> you're not gonna have any I do still think. With me. I I think it's just I think it's just over the grievous thing because it is at least a lightsaber duel. Okay. Right. Yeah, um, that's, that's fine. And it is neat. It is nifty, but it is just a gimmick. It's fine. Um, Ray versus Kylo on Kefbeer. Here's this is where I have to now do what you did with the Last Jedi, and I have to be objective. Okay. Because I hate <laughs> the story. Yep. In this Me movie, too. so much, but this is pretty epic. <laughs> it's pretty epic. It's pretty cool. It's really dumb how we get here and sort of a bunch of the stuff around it. But in terms of like the actual choreography itself, I think is very good. Um, uh, the the atmosphere and the setting I think is very good. If I'm gonna give Star Killer Base points for the for the pathetic fallacy then i gotta give it here um whereas like you know it's it's the counterpoint to mustafar as a instead of being surrounded by lava and fire and destruction right like fire brings destruction and death water brings life and rebirth right and anakin falls and becomes vader on mustafar Ben Solo rises on Kef Beer um, by being stabbed by his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Don't call her that. I hate it. I, yeah. I mean, she has to, Ray has to kill Kylo Ren in order to free Ben Solo. Um, Does she? Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's a, it is not, it's not a physical death. It's a spiritual death, no, right? I like he know, never actually dies. I don't know. But Ben Solo is is weighed down by this, right? Like he's like like Kylo Ren is not a, is not a person. Kylo Ren is a set of chains, right? That's that is actually holding back Ben Solo designed as such by Palpatine for that purpose. Because if anybody is going to stop Palpatine, it's going to be a Skywalker. Right. Um, and so like what Ray does, she doesn't understand what she's doing, but what she does with the help of Leia is break those chains. Right. Which is ironic considering the Sith code. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's like to me that is what happens in in this sequence and in, in in this fight um i have to dock it points because ray they 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 um they swap positions in this fight right they the in terms of characterization it's shown well i understand it i don't agree with it based on the previous movie and based on like everything else that we know about Ray and then her actions at the very end of it run completely counter to her attitude 
going into this fight. So it's very jarring. It's very confusing. Um, I, and, and it's just, it's, it's very poorly written. Um, and that's objective. That's not me being like, I hate this. That's like objective of like, it, like her motivation going into it is that she wants to destroy Kylo Ren. Um, all of her feelings from the last Jedi are gone. I, I, and she's, she has now become unmoored and is fighting out of anger and hatred. And yet like she wins, she doesn't even really win. He lets go of his saber. He drops his saber. Right. And she grabs it and stabs him with it. I don't understand that. I still don't understand that in all of the times that I've watched this movie. And I've seen this movie about 10 times. So even I, by accident, she, I don't know, man. I, I, I still it. don't get I hate this fight. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I'm with you. Right. I'm just, I'm trying to be objective about it. Right. So there is stuff about it that I think that it has going for it in terms of like that, like that juxtaposition between Mustafar and Kefbeer, water versus lava, right? Water versus fire. Mm. I think is, I think is, I think is great. I cool think that that's really cool. Well thought um, out. I like knowing it. that this is the place where Ben Solo will be reborn. I, I like all of that. Ben Solo being reborn, I think was an inevitability after mm. the last Jedi. I think like that's where this was going. I don't think that that's where it was going in, in the force awakens and where we talk about like, you know things going off the rails this is gonna be a three-hour episode you guys um (laughs) that was not the plan i i i think that the original plan was that this would be a like the this trilogy would be a journey towards kylo ren becoming the the supreme leader right like becoming the emperor taking over the galaxy and then the next three movies that they would have made immediately after this, that we would have already seen episode 10 then gotten 10, 11, 12, were going to be them then, you know, undoing that. Right. Um, I, I, I like basically a repeat of the original trilogy um, of them having to build back up the re- the rebellion and 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 all that. I think that was still possible after the last Jedi as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and I and I would have much more appreciated this story over the course of four more movies rather than them fast forwarding the Kylo Ren stuff, the Ben Solo redemption in this movie, which is what they do, right? I'm happy for it. I love Ben Solo. I love everything that we get with him from this point forward. Um, I think that he's great. I think that Adam Driver, but that's, but that is all Adam Driver. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the <laughs> yeah, writing. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the story. It has everything to do with Adam Driver. 100%. Adam Driver delivers an incredible performance with one word, right? Like he says, ow, and that is it. Other than that, <laughs> it is all body language. It is all the way that he presents himself and the energy that he gives off that shows us who ben solo was the 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 son of han and leia the character that i think a lot of us wanted to see right um i think that that would have been much better served if we had spent more time with him being kylo ren falling all the way to the dark side bringing back the sith um and then and then over the course of three more movies ray getting to him um and 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 redeeming him but um 
but it is what it is and we've got what we've got right so but in terms of like lightsaber stuff kind of cool kind of kind of eh it's a little bit it's a little bit rote at this point uh, to your point this is this is what the, like the fourth time that we've seen these two characters in yeah. conflict um they don't really fight in the praetorian fight like they're they're on they're on the same side but um but then obviously it ends with conflict without them you know clashing lightsabers but still in conflict um they've already fought once in this movie and then they fight again and he really just kind of lets her win weirdly um yeah it doesn't it really doesn't work for me even though i like the end result it's like you flip to the back of the book and you found the answer and you wrote it in but you didn't <laughs> yeah, you exactly. didn't show any of the work right but you know what i'm kind of just happy for this to be done so uh but yeah i put this i'm gonna put this underneath the kajimi one cool I'm fine with this going as low as you'll let me put it. Yeah. I just can't get over it. Obi-Wan versus Grievous is just so, it's just so bad. Um, it just really <laughs> like, yeah. I remember being um, so hyped for it too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ben versus the Knights of Ren. It's a good one. I think it's fun. It's a good one. It's short, which again, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. I love his little shrug in the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, I guess halfway through, right? Because he gets his butt kicked at first. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Cool fight. Great action sequence. Uh, great to see him on the good guy side. I'm hovering it. Not above much to or it, below Yoda versus Dooku, which yeah. is surrounded by I, other sequel fights. It's it's below it for me. It's below, it's below Yoda up. versus okay. Dooku for me. But it's good. It's it's a cool. tight little sequence. It's fun to watch. But like, there's just not a lot of not that much to it other than being excited yeah. to see him now fighting for the heroes. Yeah. The dyad versus Palpatine on Exegol. Uh, I don't know. Straight into the trash. This is I, the bottom. I don't care. I don't care about this fight. This is the bottom to me because, oh, wow. okay. Um, this one Beyond beyond the story being just uh, big old poopy time uh, <laughs> and making absolutely no sense, strike me down and then my power will flow oh, into God. you. And then that's exactly what she does. And that's not what happens, <laughs> um, which Palpatine's a liar. We've talked about that. I hope that that, you know, plays out. And Palpatine is a liar, 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 liar. His pants have been on fire this entire time. Um, so what was his plan then if he was lying? What what was he? What exactly. Do you do? Exactly, which is why I like like so in terms of story and context, zippity doodah on this one. This one's a straight zero. In terms so of lightsaber stupid. choreography, nothing happens here. There's a little bit with the with yeah. the the with his guards with with Ray, yeah. which is kind of interspersed with the the Knights of Ren one. But like, so Ray does some cool stuff. And then when Ben shows up, they take out the rest of the guards. It has one of my favorite shots in the entire sequel trilogy. When the two of them square yeah. up. Like right. Sink. Yeah. It is a cool shot, which I love. Cool. But again, I am going to attribute that to Adam driver and Daisy Ridley. I think that yeah. they crush that moment in yeah. terms of like their performance. Um, and we are, 
it is a monkey's paw. We get exactly what we've asked for, but it's in the worst possible way. <laughs> ben is then immediately flung into a cliff. Well, like off of a cliff into a chasm and that that wasn't there two seconds ago, by the way. Totally flat ground. Totally flat ground in all of the other shots. And then all of a sudden, because they need him to fall into a chasm, there's a chasm for him to fall into. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe it does if you actually like walk into that space physically, but in terms of the way it's staged and shot, doesn't make any sense. Um, and then it turns into Dragon Ball Z. It just turns into Dragon Ball Z, and I love Dragon Ball Z, but it's like a bad Dragon Ball Z where she just puts her lightsabers together and then he lightnings and then she just Kamehameha's him and he dies and Palpatine dies. It There is nothing in established Star Wars to support any of this. That's not necessarily a, 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 a deal breaker, right? But because the context is so poor because the story doesn't make any sense at this point because our emotional resonance has been just squashed by all of that. Right. So anything that we did have going into this in that moment of, of Ben and Ray together, um, it just, yeah. Like to me, like this is just, this is the absolute bottom of the barrel. This is, this is the, this is as bad as star Wars can get. As far as I'm concerned is this, is this fight. Um, Good. It's lightsaber duel. Um, I'm with you. Okay. It's crap. <clears throat> yeah, there we go. I think that does it. I think, I think, I think, I think we did it. Do I think we, we did it. Do we want to do a quick recap for everybody? Yeah. Who cannot see it? Uh, yeah, I'm going to run through this. So right, I, let's actually go from worst to best. Let's, right. let's start at the bottom. Cool. Uh, let's start at the at the bottom of that pit on Exegol and climb our way out um, <laughs> to the to the heights of of Cloud City. I love it. That is so beautiful. Oh, that that's how this has worked out. Awesome. <laughs> A better analogy could awesome. not exist. That's how you know that we did it right. There you go. There you go. You know that's how you, that's how you know that this is this is scientific. Um, <laughs> so at the bottom of the list in twenty first place, actually twenty second because we added another one right because right, because right. I missed one. So in twenty second place. Uh, the Dyad versus Palpatine on Exegol. Uh, ab- above that is Obi-Wan versus Grievous on Utapau. And then Rey versus Kylo on Kefbeer. Rey versus Kylo on Kijimi. All, the, all, all those uh, uh, Tross ones in the bottom. Um, oh, right above that, this is, a, this is a funny one. Obi-Wan versus Vader on the Death Star. I, it's just, <laughs> you know... It's funny because it's because uh, ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with with a uh, with a new hope, obviously. Uh, but but in terms of lightsaber dual rankings, we just got a lot of really cool stuff above this. This is where it turns right. Everything below that is bad. Yeah. Everything above this is just getting cooler. And there's a right? lot it's of just, them. There's a lot it just left. gets better. Yeah. yeah. Um, above that, Qui Gon versus Maul on Tatooine. I am happy where this ended. Yeah. I, I'm I'm good with it. New appreciation uh, for that scene for me too. Yeah, discussing yeah. It. yeah, just the whole point of the podcast, right? Uh, Qui Gon versus Maul on Tatooine, uh, Yoda versus Palpatine on Coruscant, Luke versus Kylo on Crate, <laughs> Obi Wan and Anakin <laughs> versus Dooku on the Invisible Hand from Episode Three, uh, Mace Windu versus Palpatine on Coruscant, guest appearance by Anakin Skywalker, I, I slash Darth Vader, I Finn versus FN two one nine nine on Takodana. That's up high. That's I, I'm happy with it. Like I like it, but it is up high. 
I thought it was, I thought, you know, this is the controversial one of like, is this even a lightsaber duel? But you agreed with me. Um, Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Dooku on Geonosis. Uh, Ray versus Luke on Octo. I uh, let's see, man, we're closing in. Ben versus the Knights of Ren on Exegol. Yoda versus Dooku on Geonosis. Uh, Finn versus Kylo on Starkiller. I'm just trying to find. Okay, so that's where that's where our top five is. Uh, Ray versus Kylo on Starkiller, and then here is the top five. And you know what? This is correct. <laughs> this is right. This is right. Obi Wan versus Anakin. On Mustafar, Battle of the Heroes is in the number five spot. Absolutely correct. Ray and Kylo versus the Praetorians on the Supremacy from episode seven or episode eight is in the number four spot. Absolutely correct. Uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul on Naboo, the Duel of the Fates. Bingo in in the number three spot. Luke and Vader on the Death Star on the second Death Star in number two, and our number one Luke versus Vader on Bespin. That's it. Yeah, without, we we crushed this. We did it. Like we that's it. Like work. that is the list, and like that is the list, you guys. I there's a little bit of wiggle room in the middle, and that's always the way that lists like this are gonna play out, right? So you know, like salt to taste, <laughs> but yeah, especially because you and I disagree on so many things. Like it's it's yeah. pretty amazing that we came to a pretty close yeah. consensus on this entire thing. I am very surprised about about how much of the sequel trilogy is as high up on this list as it is. Specifically, there's, there's good stuff in them, man. Yeah. Like at the lightsaber lightsaber choreography is something they ultimately did right. Yeah, you know, lightsabers awesome. in general, they they did right. I well, there you have it. That's the definitive ranking of lightsaber duels. I think that we can put it to bed. Uh, the sequel trilogy has awesome lightsaber fights. Uh, the prequels are super rad, but when it comes right down to it, listen, you can't, you cannot mess with the classics. You can't, you can't number one and number two spot, man. Like that's, I, I think, I think that's what it comes down to. Now where this gets really interesting is when we start to bring in TV stuff. Because there's some good stuff in Clone Wars. There's some good stuff in Rebels. And uh, man, Ahsoka's got some of them top spots. Book of Boba Fett somehow. Book of Boba Fett magically has has some of that in there. Uh, Yeah. I think what we need to do is we need to to, to at some point do the TV one, right? Where we'll take... That's going to be a long one with Clone it's Wars tough. and Rebels. Well, we and... have to whittle it down, right? Yeah. We can't say every yeah. single time lightsabers crossed in the sure. Clone Wars because yeah. there's too many fights. But I think that we can definitely narrow it down to like about 10 fights across the Clone Wars that mm-hmm. are significant. Sure. Um, right, that, that matter, right? Okay, cool. Um, Same with Yeah, Rebels, we can't be as loosey-goosey as we were with this one, like with yeah. like with Traitor and stuff like that. We have to be a little bit more buttoned up. But, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think that we can do the TV. We might even have to do like animation and then live action. I don't know. Is there enough in live action yet? Maybe not. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, what do we got? Ahsoka. We got, we got Fett. four or a five bit in Ahsoka, Mandalorian, right? A little bit in Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's enough, enough yet. Ish. I don't know if there's enough yet. But, uh, you know what? After Acolyte, there definitely will be. So oh, yeah, for sure. let's, let's, let's. We will come back to this 
Actually, we might need to do animation. We might need to do that over on Rebel Cells. All that right, might cool. have to happen on Rebel Cells, and we might mm-hmm. need to bring together a bigger and a, that's story a visions quorum. also too. Oh boy, that's it. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole category unto okay. itself. Okay. Um, but and then we'll come, and then we and then we'll have the a, a, a face off between between the lists. Also, take, micro like, the top ten. Oh my god, I keep thinking. Of oh them. my okay. goodness. Yeah. There's too much. There's too much outside of the movies, and that's why we limited it to the movies. Can we just make Grievous's introduction number one off the bat? Like, it's the, yeah. it's the best from the animated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah from micro series. Yeah. I I well, that's it. That's it for this episode. We are closing in on <laughs> two hours and forty five minutes. Thank you guys for sticking it out. Thank you for hanging with us for this one. I hope that everybody enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we only do an episode once every four weeks. So I feel like them being mega sized is all right. Yeah. Um, we could almost cut this one into two episodes, but <clears throat> we're not going to. You get it all at once. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm really excited for 2024. We've got some really cool stuff uh, coming down the pipe this one, uh, this year. But uh, that's it for this episode, man. That's you want to hey do you have anything to promote? I think you do. Oh, I do. I almost promoted the wrong thing, but yes, yes, I do. When is this episode releasing? Later today. Oh, excellent. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, edit this and put it out as soon as possible. All right, perfect. So, uh, if anyone, well, happens, I, I guess I guess oh. it'll be Friday for everybody else. So okay. Patreon still, gets it today. Still early enough to, yeah. to promote yeah. this, so that works. Uh, so I have been asked to be a signing artist at. Uh, Acme Archives LTD's booth in uh, the Epcot Festival of the Arts. So uh, myself and my fiance Tina Keery, uh, who has also d- done some licensed Star Wars stuff, um, we're going to be in Epcot from uh, January 23rd to the 25th. It's a Tuesday to a Thursday. Uh, signing from 2pm to 4pm all three days. Uh, if you are in Epcot for the Festival of the Arts during those days, please, please, please come by. We are in the American Adventure area of the World Showcase in Epcot. Come say hi. I, I don't care if you if you buy a print. I just want to say say hello. I just want to talk. I just want to ch- chat with Star Wars like-minded fans and friends. So if you are a listener, please stop by. Uh, I will not be pressuring anyone to buy a print. Um, I might pressure you to buy Tina's print though, because I'm very excited that she has her first print that she will be there signing. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I will be there. If you're not there those days, be sure to stop by the Acme area. Cause my buddy, Chris D, uh, is also going to be one of the signing artists. Uh, uh, Candace Daly, Seth Groves, Adam Schickling, Alabazia, all these amazing, 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 amazing Star Wars artists that somehow Tina and I have been, uh, counted amongst. Uh, all those guys are going to be there over the course of uh, a couple of weeks of, of the, um, the Festival of the Arts. So very exciting for us. It's, it's our first time, Tina and my first time being there. So we're just excited. We get, a, we get to go to Disney That's on awesome. a work trip. It's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> so excited. So. so excited for you guys. Very proud of you guys. That's oh, awesome. Well, thank um, you. Cool. Well, everybody go go hang out with Joe and yeah, Epcot. and then finally we, we a reason to go Star to Star Wars Epcot. rides after. So like, yeah. come on, yeah, um, awesome, rad, cool. 
that's it for this episode. You guys, I don't have anything to promote. Just you know, uh, Thunderquack. I <laughs> uh, listen. We're gonna we're, we'll be doing a pledge pledge drive in February, yes. and um, I there will be some bonus episodes available as a result of that. We will be doing a bonus episode of Force Perspectives that will only be be available on Patreon. Um, it'll, it'll never be released on the regular feed. So, and that is, you know, to get you guys to go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thunderquack, um, and support us over there. Uh, we don't, I don't know what that is yet. We'll, there, there will be something on this podcast feed to promote all of the bonus content. Once we have that basically figured out and in the can. So either there'll be like a little preview episode, like we'll put like five minutes of the episode out. Um, for you guys to entice you or uh, just an episode talking about all of the bonus content um, or probably probably something that's a little bit of both but I I yeah just giving everybody the heads up um, you don't have to wait until February in order to take advantage of that those episodes will go up in February um, and it'll be across all of the Thunderquack podcasts we'll have we'll have bonus content um, and so this will be like a once a year thing that we're doing to get everybody to go and sign up over there and help support us uh, in bringing you these awesome podcasts. Um, and uh, which like, we don't, we're, we're not ad supported. So this is really the only way that we have of generating revenue. And uh, that revenue goes to paying for like server space and, um, and hosting like podcast hosting and um, like web hosting, not us, but like the, the, just, just putting the episodes up on the internet, which is, not a huge cost, but it doesn't cost nothing. So, um, yeah, I, I patreon.com slash thunderquack. If you want to support us, um, and you're going to get some cool bonus stuff there, not just for force perspectives, but for thunderquack podcast for perfect 10 for Wampa's layer saga continues rebel cells, everything, all of the active shows will have bonus episodes and we will have stretch goals, um stretch goals we'll have like milestones that like if we hit certain numbers um that i i will um we'll have more bonus content throughout the year one of those things is that um if we can hit a certain i haven't determined the exact number yet um but if we can hit a certain milestone Curtis and I will come back and we will finish season two of DuckTales over on uh, <laughs> Disney Dad's Cartoon Afternoon, which we're about the midway point in that season. Um, and people have been asking us to finish that for a long time. Uh, 2018, I think, is the last time we put out an episode. So, I, I yeah, um, we want to, but we're going to make you guys work for it. So, <laughs> I, so yeah, uh, Epic Marvel Podcast is one of the other podcasts. That's what Curtis hosts. That'll, that'll have bonus content. So all, all of our active shows will have a bonus episode that'll be out in February. Um, but then we'll have some other stuff. We've got some other projects um, that, uh, that, that, that we want to do that if we can hit certain levels, then we can dedicate the time to them. So uh, yeah, uh, go check that out, support us um or just keep listening for free if that's all you can do it's totally fine as well but if you have the means uh we would appreciate the support um thank you for listening we'll be back in four weeks with another episode of force perspectives uh and uh, in the meantime go check out the thunder quack podcast go check out perfect 10 um we've got lots of great content on those the thunder quack podcast joe and i have resurrected recently so that's that's a new thing 
that we're doing, but uh, we're just going to talk about everything else other than Star Wars, basically. Um, so yeah, we need to go record that. So we're all done here. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV. And join us on Discord at thunderquack.com slash discord. Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.